Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is episode 458 for your sunday january 8th 2023 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your sunday evenings wherever you may be man it is great to be back inside the OTS venue. It is great to be back home in New York City, man. Uh, we did the SmackDown post show from Franklin, Tennessee. And though it was a tremendous show and we did our business, I have found myself to be at home more times than any other in my podcast career. 
uh, in front of you guys with the OTS venue. And when I don't have the venue with me and when I don't travel with my home setup, I am completely out of my element. The edit fact that when I was actually in the, uh, it wasn't even a studio. I don't know where the fuck I was. Uh, the fact that I was in basically an empty room with a ton of echo. The fact of the matter was that there were musicians right next door recording. And I felt like I could not be as exuberant as I wanted to because they were recording and I didn't know when they were going to leave. So I felt like the show on Friday night was a little bit more tame than I had wanted to. I had prepared myself to go in all guns blazing and I'm like, yep, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It just felt different. So we're back home. We're back home tonight, and I can promise you I'm not going to hold any punches at all tonight. I got everything you need, everything you want in regards to this Vince McMahon story. And, of course, when I decide to go away and have a little fun for myself in a place that I've always wanted to go, which was Nashville, we spent uh, a couple of uh, hours in Nashville. Uh, I ate in Nashville. I had a beautiful old-fashioned in Nashville uh, made our way to Franklin, Tennessee, uh, visited the Jack Daniels Distillery, which I always wanted to do, which was probably the reason for the trip. Uh, but we are back home. Regardless, we are back home, and uh, I, I hate going away sometimes because the life of a content creator, when you go away wanting to have a good time, you can't because Vince McMahon wants to fuck everything up. And he wants to come back to WWE, which is the top story today on OTS. We're going to go over all of that today. It's not looking good, guys. You know, I know a lot of people, a lot of pundits, a lot of uh, geeks, check marks, suits and ties, thinking who they are in the community. Oh, don't, don't worry about it. All this uh, doom and gloom. I, I don't think you realize who the fuck you're talking about. What did Vince McMahon ever do to you or say to you or say to the public that would spawn a reaction like that? I, I don't know. What, what did he do previously that would make you believe anything that comes out of the man's mouth? <laughs> I don't get it. I really don't understand it. It's fucking so stupid to me. We got it all. Plus, we're going to talk Sasha Banks. You know, all the people that said Sasha Banks wasn't a needle mover. <laughs> Oh, man. Sasha Banks, man. Mercedes Monet. All I heard all week was, uh, yeah, she's not a needle mover. Oh, yeah, yeah. AEW's uh, getting uh, WWE scraps once again. Mercedes brought 93,000 new unique viewers to New Japan World. Mercedes Monet added 20,000 plus New Japan World subscriptions. And the only match that's announced for Battle at the Valley or Battle in the Valley in the middle of February, Mercedes versus Kyrie, sold out. Sold out. I'm sorry. If you think Mercedes is not a needle mover, I'm going to have to ask you to shut your fucking mouth. Because clearly you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. We're going to talk about her. 
We're going to talk about all the news regarding her this week. And we got news and notes coming out of AEW. Apparently, AEW wants to push Takeshita as a top act in the company. And I have absolutely no complaints about that whatsoever. Also got news on Naomi. Reports indicate that Naomi is on her way back to the WWE. I am making a pitch for Naomi in the Royal Rumble. And if Rhea Ripley is not the one to win the Royal Rumble, I'm looking at Trinity to win the Royal Rumble. That's just me. I don't know about you guys, but we'll talk about that as well. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Thank you for all the love on social media. Uh, we are nearing 48,000 followers on Twitter. Thanks to this Vince McMahon news, we were uh, mentioned on Fox News, believe it or not. Yeah, your boy JD is starting the year off right, man. We got mentioned by Fox News, not by our uh, YouTube name. They legitimately mentioned me, full name, and everything. Maybe the guy who wrote the article is an avid listener of the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. My tweet blew up this week, man. I didn't really say anything outside of the norm. I said, fuck Vince McMahon, over 6,000 likes and 400,000 impressions on Twitter. And then the other tweet I put out, which both of the tweets were referenced in uh, the article by Fox, uh, another 4,000 likes. I mean, you guys killed it today, or this week, rather. You're going to kill it today, too, but you guys killed it this week on social media. At JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. We are 100 away from 140,000 subscribers on YouTube. It's a great way to start the new year. Go check out all the other content on the channel. And today, the podcast is sponsored by my great friends over at Magic Spoon. Yes, we are back with Magic Spoon. My favorite cereal is sponsoring the show. You guys are going to go to magicspoon.com slash script and use the use the code script at checkout to save $5 off your purchase. We'll talk about my friends over at Magic Spoon a little bit later in the show. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready to get the show on the road, man? Let's do it. I want to start off light. Then we're going to get into the big business. WWE announced this week, amongst all the other things that they uh, had going on this week, that Money in the Bank is coming to the O2 in London in July. WWE announced Money in the Bank is going overseas July 1st, 2023. Money in the Bank marks the first WWE Premium Live event to be held in London in over two decades. Money in the Bank will feature WWE's biggest stars, and well, oh, this is coming from WWE's PR announcement. I, I don't know who the fuck writes this shit. It sounds lame. Uh, this is not me talking like this. This is WWE, whoever wrote this shit. Money in the Bank will feature the biggest WWE superstars and will also bring the Money in the Bank ladder match to the United Kingdom for the first time in history with each winner receiving a briefcase containing a contract for a WWE Championship match at a time and a place of their choosing within the next year. Oh, really? Well, that's great, man. I, listen, I would, I would take that to be a serious thing, you know? That sounds like a big accomplishment. That sounds like a great prize for anyone who wins the Money in the Bank briefcase, right? But, I mean, you could be Charlotte Flair. 
You could be Charlotte Flair and disappear for eight months, show up, ask for a fucking title match, get it granted to you, and then win the fucking title in about 30 seconds with no contract. I would take this to be a little bit more serious if WWE took all their other bullshit seriously. We should rename this shit Charlotte in the fucking bank or the android in the bank. Who gives a fuck about money in the bank when you got Charlotte showing up on TV, cashing in non-existent title matches? Fucking bullshit, man. Get me started already. We're not even doing the first fucking story. Ridiculous. The O2 is one of the world's premier venues. I'd love to see Alter Bridge there, man. Alter Bridge has a live album from the O2. They're big over there, man. They're bigger over there than they are in the United States. I'm seeing them, by the way, in February. If anybody's going to be at the Paramount in uh, Huntington, Long Island, I'll be there. The O2 is the world's premier venue, one of the world's premier venues, and the perfect home for money in the bank. We are excited to bring one of our big five events to the UK and look forward to welcoming the WWE Universe to London on July 1st, said Dan Ventrelli, EVP, talent at WWE. We are honored to be hosting the first ever Money in the Bank event taking place in the UK here at the O2, said Christian Diakuna, Senior Programming Director at the O2. We're looking forward to welcoming back the WWE fans to the O2 this summer for an unforgettable night with some of the biggest WWE superstars. Oh yeah, they say they make it sound so good. This announcement follows the huge success of Cardiff's Clash of the Castle back in September of 2022. Most of you... On my side of things, voted that the pay-per-view of the year. Pretty interesting. Clash of the Castle pay-per-view of the year, man. I don't know about that. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Clash of the Castle was a tremendous show. It's probably WWE's best show all year, in my honest opinion. But was it better than Forbidden Door? Was it better than Revolution this year, which I thought was one of AEW's best pay-per-views ever? I don't know. Can't take away from Clash of the Castle, though, man. Tremendous show. That was the first WWE pay-per-view to be held in the United Kingdom since 1992. Clash of the Castle broke numerous records at its time in September, including becoming the most-watched international premium live event in WWE history with the largest European gate ever and the best-selling merchandise for a non-WrestleMania event. Listen, I'm excited about a WWE pay-per-view coming back to the United Kingdom. Let's get that out there right away. I'm excited about a WWE pay-per-view coming back to the United Kingdom and the excitement that surrounds the WWE show over there, the energy from those people, the energy from those fans, those are, those are just lovely people, man. I, I, I think I'm going to make plans to go to the United Kingdom uh, at some point in my life. I don't know when. Uh, I've never been to London. I just got back from Ireland in October. Um, I'm excited for it to take place in the United Kingdom. If they're going to do it, Doing it in the United Kingdom is the right way to go. But I'm going to be honest with you. I am a little disheartened. I'm a little disappointed, actually, that the Money in the Bank pay-per-view is not one of the gimmick pay-per-views that will meet its demise under the hand of Triple H. I feel like the Money in the Bank pay-per-view is kind of tarnished. I don't think WWE has done... It any justice at all, I think it's lame with the previous years of not really playing up the fact that the cash-in is important. 
The briefcase is important. We last saw the briefcase on Austin Theory, and he cashed in for the United States Championship. I know it looked stupid. I know it was lame. I know people made valid excuses as to why it needed to happen. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, though it was a right decision, I don't think it made the Money in the Bank briefcase look all that prestigious. It didn't really make the Money in the Bank briefcase look like something I would want if I'm a WWE superstar. Oh, let me, let me win the briefcase and cash in for a United States championship. I'm a little disheartened, a little disappointed the fa- uh, uh, you know, because of the fact that it's not going away. We got TLC, gone. Hell in a Cell, gone. Two WWE gimmick matches that needed to go away. Money in the Bank should have joined them. The only gimmick match that I would say is something I'd like to see stay is the Elimination Chamber because I do feel the Elimination Chamber fits perfectly with a brand split in the middle of the WrestleMania season between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Money in the Bank should absolutely be a match that takes place at WrestleMania. Night one, the women, and night two, the men. It's not that difficult. I am kind of disheartened because even though I do think we get it at some point this year, it doesn't look like we're getting a King of the Ring pay-per-view. Maybe we will. I, I have no idea. I could be totally off on that. Uh, I would actually do King of the Ring in July. I think King of the Ring is something that is a little bit more prestigious than a Money in the Bank briefcase at this point. And it would serve to be a great platform for anybody to win that tournament to say, I'm King of the Ring, and I'm getting a WWE Championship match of my choosing, depending on which brand this individual is on at SummerSlam. Instead of holding the Money in the Bank briefcase and holding it for 12 months or in Austin Theory's case, however long he held it, to cash in on a United States championship or have the Miz steal it or have the ladies win it and then cash it in on the same evening. I mean, it's, it's, there's no creativity that comes out of it. And the last few have soured me on Money in the Bank. And the fact that Charlotte shows up whenever the fuck she wants as if she's holding the Money in the Bank briefcase and not cashes in a non-existent title match to win the championship back after eight months. I mean, she made Liv Morgan look like a blithering fucking idiot. I said this all week. Some of you agree with me. Those who did not agree with me, you're in denial and you're a fucking idiot. She shit all over Liv Morgan's cash-in because Liv Morgan busted her ass to win the briefcase and cash-in on Ronda Rousey. Charlotte comes back and cashes in nothing. So who's better off? Liv Morgan? I don't think so. Charlotte took a steaming android-like dump all over Liv Morgan, her Money in the Bank briefcase historic moment, and championship title victory because she came back and did all that with absolutely nothing to show that she deserved it. Great job there, Paul. Or whoever made that fucking decision. Decisions like that. You know, people tell me, well, J.D., Vince is running the show in the shadows. If you told me that, I'm not going to fuck you argue, fucking argue with you. I mean, that's a Vince McMahon move right down to the fucking last pinfall in that three count. Fuck out of here. Ridiculous. Money in the Bank coming to the O2 in July. I don't mind it because the energy of the United Kingdom is going to be great, but I would absolutely have canceled the Money in the Bank pay-per-view as its own match, or as its own pay-per-view, rather, and moved the match to either uh, one night of WrestleMania or have one on one night and the other on the second night. 
have it be a WrestleMania match. That's what I would have done. Now that we got all that out of the way, take a sip of my liquid death here. Now we're going to get into the reason, or one of the reasons why you guys are here. Hit that thumbs up, by the way. I see 652 likes. I don't know why I don't have 1,000 likes. 1,000 likes is the minimum. So if you guys are in the chat, please hit that thumbs up. Super chats are open as well. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. And it's VIP only, man. You guys want to chat with my fine VIPs, you're going to have to hit the join button and become a channel member. Vince McMahon is back. Vince McMahon is back in WWE. He is once again the chairman of the board. He has regained all power and is the chairman of the board of directors for World Wrestling Entertainment. Now, Vince McMahon, we celebrated his demise in 2022. This was the greatest day, the absolute greatest day in WWE history. There was not a single day that was better than that because we did not ever in our lifetime, Vince would have outlived us all. There wasn't a single fucking person that thought his removal would have happened this soon. There's not one single person that, have, that predicted his demise in 2022. Nobody saw this coming. Nobody. Vince McMahon, his demise was celebrated in 2022 and his resurrection like the fucking phoenix rising from the ashes, is now being labeled a nightmare situation for WWE in 2023. And the reason he's back is because now apparently he wants to sell the company before any negotiations happen with TV rights slash media deals for World Wrestling Entertainment. He wants everything to be sold at the same time. He doesn't want to sell pieces of it while there's... Other negotiations going on with Fox and NBC universally wants the sale to happen in one shot. And he wants everything that has WWE, you know, attached to it to go to the same place. That's what he wants to have happen. And he wants this to happen under his watch. He's weaseled his way back into the WWE because he wants to sell the company and he does not. He does not want anybody else to handle it. As 80% shareholder of the company, he said he will not authorize any sale of the company or any negotiations with TV rights, media deals, to go through unless he is at the chairman position of the board of directors. He went back and forth with the board of directors, who, by the way, is now at a sultry nine members of the board, down from 13. It's amazing. It's amazing. Vince McMahon went back and forth with the board of directors and he exchanged emails with them in December of 2022. I'm not going to read you all of the emails because I did this on Friday, but I will give you excerpts and pieces of the exchange back and forth between the board of directors and Vince McMahon. He says, as you know, the media rights subject, we got a $100 super chat. Let me, let, me, let me pause here for just a second. We got... Holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. 
OMG with a $100 super chat. Oh my goodness, Cam G, you fucking beast getting the ball rolling, man. He says, show and love Vince being back scares me. I pray to God and OTS that he doesn't resume creative. OTS for life. Cam G, thank you so much, brother. Nobody wants Vince back in creative. And if you do, you could get the fuck away from me and never speak to me ever again. Thank you so much, brother. Great way to start off the new year with Cam G getting the ball rolling, man. Unbelievable. He says, as you know, the media rights subject to the upcoming negotiations are critical to any strategic alternative consideration, and therefore the two initiatives must occur in parallel fashion. So he wants things to happen, you know, at the same time. By combining a review of strategic alternatives with the media rights negotiations, our company can make better, more well-informed, and faster decisions. Moreover, any party that engages in strategic discussions with WWE will want to be assured that I, as the controlling shareholder, am aligned with the decision-making process. Now, I don't know how true that is. I don't really know how true that is. Does Fox or NBC Universal, who I... If I was to make a logical guesstimation here, I think that they are absolutely thrilled with the job that Paul Levesque, Stephanie McMahon, and Nick Khan, who has administered WWE in several different areas of negotiations and have struck major deals with several people, Nick Khan has. Don't you think that they are content with what the management team is doing right now? I don't know if these if these executives, or any executives for that matter, Fox, NBC, or whoever is going to be doing business with WWE, wants to work with Vince. That's the problem that I see here. I mean, would you want to work with Vince McMahon knowing what he's been through? And apparently, according to the board of directors... What hasn't been in the news that they know of? It's amazing. But he thinks that WWE has a better chance with him leading the charge than anybody else. It's bullshit. It is all bullshit. This is just a power play for Vince McMahon to weasel his way back in and use these big words and this as a way to get involved so he has an opportunity to grab WWE by the balls, choke them, and take back power in the company. That's all this is. So he goes on and says that he needs to be aligned with the decision-making process. In other words, we must unify the company's decision-making regarding these two interconnected initiatives to fully capitalize on this unique opportunity. Blah, 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 blah. For these reasons, it is critical for me to rejoin the board as executive chairman to work alongside our management team in leading the exploration of strategic alternatives and media rights negotiations. And it is necessary to fulfill my commitment to doing what is best for WWE. Successfully navigating this process will require close coordination amongst WWE leadership and the board, as well as a clearly defined and well-executed strategy to secure the greatest value for WWE stockholders. As WWE's founder and largest shareholder, no one has greater interest in the long-term success of WWE or is more aligned with all the shareholders than me. Vince doesn't give a fuck about anything but himself. 
if you think WWE and the best interest of WWE is in Vince McMahon's heart, first and foremost, you're a complete fucking idiot. He does not have the WWE's best interest at heart. He has Vince McMahon's best interest at heart. He is weaseling his way back even after the board told him, well, you know, Vince, I don't know if it's a good idea for you to come back. Unanimously voted to say, hey, I don't think this is a good idea. You know who unanimously voted for Vince not to come back and thinking that it would be a bad idea? Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, and Nick Khan, as well as the rest of the board. I want to be very clear that I wholeheartedly believe that WWE has an exceptional management team in place. Stephanie, Nick, Paul, and the rest of the management team have my full and unconditional support (coughs) for now. (coughs) I'm sorry. Allergies. And as executive chairman, I would support them to facilitate unified, efficient, and effective decision-making during this important period in the company's history. An announcement that I'm rejoining the board as chairman provides a natural opportunity for WWE to announce its intention to engage in a strategic review process. The board replied back to Vince McMahon. Vince, we write in response to your letter on December December 20th. How do you think the board started their email off? Did they go into saying, yeah, Vince, we missed you. We missed you, Vince. We can't run the company without you, Vince McMahon. We look forward to working with you again, Vince. The WWE's been in shambles since you've left, Vince. How are we going to survive? They start off by saying this, and I quote, we fully agree with your assessment that the company's management team is exceptional and are pleased to hear that Stephanie, Nick, and Paul and the rest of the management team have your full and unconditional support. Yes, the board of directors also is putting their supports in Stephanie McMahon, Nick Khan, and Paul Levesque. They didn't talk about Vince McMahon's strategic implementation of you know, getting the company sold and all these fucking plans to maximize shareholder wealth and all this other shit. They didn't even go and talk about that right at the top. They didn't mention Vince. They didn't mention anything but the management team that they currently have in place right now. I found that to be the most damning of everything that I read here. As you know, it is our obligation to continue to act in a way we believe is the best interest of the company and its shareholders. We have always taken the responsibility very seriously, and all of our decisions are guided by this duty. With respect to your suggestion regarding a process to evaluate strategic alternatives and your role in the process, we are prepared to initiate initiate such a process and are happy to work with you to ensure that this is the best process for the company and all of its shareholders. Indeed, we would welcome you and your advisors playing an important role in that process, including working together to identify the full range of potential alternatives and counterparties. To that end, we suggest that your bankers and lawyers meet with our bankers and lawyers in the first week of January to discuss how to move forward best together with this process. Although we welcome your participation in the launch of a strategic alternative review process, 
It is also our unanimous view. This is the other part that I found, LOL. It is also our unanimous view that your return to the company at this time while government investigations into your conduct by the U.S. Attorney's Office and SEC are still pending would not be prudent from a shareholder values perspective. This determination is based on a variety of factors, including non-public information the board has become aware of that hasn't been revealed by the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or any other major publication. Information the board has become aware of and the risks to the company and its shareholders of placing a greater spotlight on these issues. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So they outright said, yeah, yeah, we got a great management team in place. Thanks for uh, recognizing that, Vince. How are we going to survive without you? We got three fucking great people in charge running the company. And then they go on to say, yeah, well, we have unanimous fucking vote from the rest of the board that you coming back isn't really all that great for the shareholders, even though you say your best interest is in for, you know, the shareholders and the WWE, maybe your return isn't all that great because we have other shit on you that we know of that hasn't been revealed. Vince, Vince, Double down on what he said in his first email back in a reply to the board of directors on December 31st. says, I appreciate your timely response to my December 20 letter. However, it is surprising that you did not address what I had sought to make clear in my letter. Namely, that we have a unique but narrow window of opportunity to maximize shareholder value by combining the upcoming media rights negotiations with a strategic review process and the board acknowledges is the right course of action for our shareholders and that the only way to fully capture that opportunity is by having me, the company's founder and controlling shareholder, return as executive chairman at this critical time so that I can work alongside the management team to unify the decision-making related to these two interconnected initiatives. Vince, in this reply, completely doubled down on what he had to say, did not even acknowledge what the board said in their reply about the management and the fact that coming back would be a bad idea and that there was a unanimous decision 
amongst the rest of the board of directors that if you come back, it's not going to be good for the company and that there is dirt that we have on you that has not been leaked yet that could potentially be damning to the company and ruin the company. He didn't say anything. He administered this letter on December 31st without a fucking care in the world. This is not about selling the company. This is not about maximizing shareholder growth. This is not about anything making the WWE more profitable in 2023 and beyond. This is about Vince McMahon sitting at home since June, bored because WWE and the life in WWE is going on without him, and he cannot bear to have WWE go through a WrestleMania season and several WrestleMania seasons without him, the founder, and majority shareholder, lead the company. This is about WWE being run by Vince, and he cannot stand the fucking fact that the company is running better with him out and with Paul Levesque, Stephanie McMahon, and Nick Khan in charge. Anybody that you listen to, I don't know who you go to for this type of information. I I don't give a fuck about the business side of W. I don't. I don't care. I don't care. We're not a business fucking podcast. We're not an analytical podcast about the breakdowns of numbers and stocks and all this other fucking shit. I don't own jack shit when it comes to WWE. I own no stock. We are about television. We're about creative. And we're about how to take what we see on television and make WWE into the place that we all want to descend upon on Monday and Friday night. That's all I care about. Anything else to me is absolutely unimportant. Said it for years. I built this entire fucking podcast on this aspect alone. You put on better television and everything else is going to get better as a result of that. And that is the way of life. Paul Levesque came in, ratings were up. Paul Levesque came in, SummerSlam was a great show. Got the ball rolling. We go into September, Monday Night Raw is hitting highs that it hasn't seen in years. With Vince in charge, it was dragging everything down. Paul Levesque's in charge, things are up. Now, Monday Night Football absolutely demoralized everybody in WWE ratings-wise. But I would assume that when football season is over, that we're going to get Monday Night Raw back to where it was in September before Monday Night Football took hold of WWE. Interest is up. The stock was up. Everybody's claiming, oh, yeah, the stock is up because Vince McMahon is back. No, it's not. Stock is up because WWE announced that they potentially are selling the company in 2023 and everybody's fucking dick got hard. That's why the stock was up and closed at $87 a share on Friday afternoon. It reached almost $90 a share. That has nothing to do with Vince McMahon being back. All Vince McMahon had to do was WWE sale possible 2023 and everybody got fucking aroused. That's all they care about. They want to maximize the money and the money that they have in the company, they want to bank on everything that they have there and make a fucking killing. Because they know what they have is a gold mine. But Vince being back did not get the stock 
up to $87 a share. Give me a fucking break. If you, if you truly believe that, man, you are just completely out of touch. Vince has nothing to do with this. We don't need to administer WWE in sale negotiations because of whatever reason, because Vince is there. Vince, Vince has nothing to do with it. At the end of the day, we don't even need Vince in the fucking position of chairman of the board to fucking sell the company. He owns 80 fucking percent of the company. Whatever decision they make is going to have to go through him anyway. Where is it written that Vince needs to be in charge of WWE's chairman of the board to sell the company? I don't get it. That don't make sense to me. As 80% majority shareholder, nobody's going to go ask him what the fuck he thinks. Why does he have to be in charge? The fuck did we hire Nick Khan for? Didn't Nick Khan facilitate a bunch of other shit that WWE's making mega billions off of? I don't get it. NBC Universal over the moon with Triple H. Fox over the moon with Triple H. We don't need Vince McMahon to negotiate TV rights deals. Nick Khan can't do that? Stephanie McMahon can't do that? The fuck do we need Vince McMahon in charge for to lead negotiations with Fox and NBC Universal? He's going to have a say no matter what. Don't believe the fucking suits and ties online. All the rumors going around and all the doom and gloom is absolutely warranted. Every single fucking bit of it. Do not sit there and say, well, you know, I don't think there's nothing to worry about. Everybody's jumping the gun and negativity sells and all this other shit. Are you fucking out of your mind? Do you know who you are looking at? Do you know who you are reading about? This man doesn't give a fuck about you. This man doesn't give a shit about the shareholders. This man doesn't give a fuck about his own company. Vince McMahon cannot live with the fact that he no longer has power 100% in the company. He has power at 80% of the company because he owns 80% of the fucking shares. He no longer is in charge of creative. This man was at home, a boiling fucking volcano, ready to erupt because he couldn't do what he wanted to do. He cannot stand the fact that his son-in-law and his daughter are doing exactly what needs to be done and better than what Vince McMahon did in just eight months. Can you imagine? Less than that. June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Six months, seven months. He cannot stand that fact that the company is being run better by his family than it was with him solely in charge. Unbelievable. And people are sitting there on social media saying, yeah, it's nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. Look at what this man has done through the annals of this company's history. There's nothing to worry about. This man has fucking manipulated his way back into the company. Meanwhile, he should be in jail. There is no rationale for your position that my return to the company would not be prudent from a shareholder value perspective. 
basically saying whatever he had been accused of is not really that big of a deal and is not really going to be a hindrance on the company. I also feel that it is necessary to clarify my uh, clarify or clearly state my position that in light of the fundamental nature of WWE's media rights to the core value proposition and purpose of WWE, it would be improper for the company or board to take material steps towards any media rights deals without WWE shareholder support, particularly considering that a very clear majority of the voting power explicitly opposes the company taking these steps without shareholder support. Regarding the shareholder demand letter, I am glad to learn that following a review of the shareholder demand, the board has determined that the demand does not warrant any further legal action. However, it is unfortunate that the board would seek to use this Conclusion to attempt to extract an agreement from me not to return to the company. Any construct along these lines is entirely unacceptable, especially in the light of the critical infliction points now facing the company. As chairman and consistent with my prior actions, I would not interfere with any government's investigations or special committees and independent directors process in cooperating with these or related investigations and would fully support appropriate and tailored governance measures to insulate me from those matters, as well as any improvements to the company's internal controls determined to be appropriate by the independent directors. As I have previously conveyed, I will also remain willing to continue working to finalize my reimbursement of the company for its reasonable expenses incurred related to the investigation by and findings of the special committee to the extent not covered by insurance. He basically goes on to close this letter saying that I would like to reiterate my full support for WWE's management team and their leadership of the WWE franchise. It remains my sincere preference that we enable a cooperative path forward so that we can navigate these interconnected processes together for the benefit of our shareholders. I look forward to hearing back from you promptly no later than January 5th, 2023. So on January 5th, 2023, Vince McMahon fired three head uh, board of directors, three names from the board of directors. And in return, he is back as chairman of the board. And he also brought back Michelle Wilson and George Barrios, who he fired two years ago. So these names were fired and now brought back to the company and are now the three names, Vince Michelle Wilson and George Barrios now make up the removal of the other three names that were let go for absolutely no reason whatsoever. On top of that, two others have stepped down. So now we are looking at nine board of director members in the WWE. WWE now has the following on its board of directors. Vince McMahon. Stephanie McMahon, Nick Khan, Paul Levesque, Steve Coonan, Michelle McKenna, Steve Pomone, George Barrios, and Michelle Wilson. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ignis Lahoud and Manjeet Singh have resigned from the board effective today. They, I believe, were names that were in the investigation party or led some of the investigation on Vince McMahon and saw that 
whatever he was doing was not proper for the board of directors and the WWE as a company. So they just, effective as of January 5th, said, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm out. Why are they out? Because how could they conduct an investigation on somebody and then work for that same person as if nothing happened? They left. It would be a bad look on wherever they end up going, and they don't want to be a part of this fucking bullshit because they know that whatever the fuck is going on is wrong. That's why they left. He removed Joe Ellen Lyons Dillon, Jeffrey R. Speed, and Alan M. Wexler from the board. So I want you to look at this board of directors. I want you to look at this board of directors. Vince and George Barrios and Michelle Wilson. Take those three spots from Joe Ellen Lyons, Dylan, Jeffrey R. Speed, and Alan M. Wexler. There are nine board members left. We got rid of five. Now, Vince replaced three with his people. Everybody on this board, all these names, Ignis, La- Ignis Lahoud, Manjeet Singh, Joe Ellen Dillon's, Jeffrey R. Speed, and Alan M. Wexler were all against Vince McMahon. They were all against Vince McMahon. Those unanimous decisions, unanimous. Every single one of these board of directors said, Vince coming back is a bad idea. So what did he do? As chairman of the board, he executed his power to get rid of those names that he knew were against him. So now he's looking at himself, 80% shareholder of the company, He's looking at George Barrios and Michelle Wilson, who he personally brought back as his right and left, his right hand and his left hand. These are two trusted soldiers now. They were with him in those days, I believe. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Michelle Wilson and George Barrios were there at the start of the WWE Network. They launched the WWE Network with Vince McMahon. So there, they are there with Vince. So he's got those two in his back pocket. He's got Stephanie McMahon, his daughter. How could his beautiful daughter go against, you know, Vince? How could Stephanie go against her father? So he's got George Barrios, that's one, right? Michelle Wilson, that's two. Stephanie McMahon, number three. How could Paul Levesque go against uh, against, uh, Vince McMahon? How could Triple H go against Vince McMahon, right? He would be in direct defiance against his wife. Whatever his wife is going to do, Paul Levesque is more than likely going to have to do. So family, right? Family, right? They're so close, family. So we got George Barrios, Michelle Wilson, Vince McMahon himself, right? Stephanie McMahon and Paul Levesque. That's four votes right there. Nick Khan. Is Nick Khan going to go against Vince McMahon? That's five. The other members, it doesn't fucking matter what Steve Coonan, Michelle McKenna, and Steve Pomone do. Those names might not even be there by the end of the year, by the summer. Vince McMahon, what Vince McMahon has done, he has given himself ultimate power in the company. He has given himself, he is, he thinks at this point, he is setting himself up to have everybody on his side. Whatever the vote is, he made it look like all the votes are going to be for him and towards him, and not against him. The old board was against him. This new board, he's putting people in there, rewriting fucking bylaws, and getting people in there that he knows are not going to go against him, because this was never about the sale of the company. Never. If you think this is about selling the company, you're wrong. 
This is about ultimate power. This is about how he can get back and everything that happened be wiped away as if it never happened. This is one step involved with Vince McMahon getting ultimate power back. If he has the power to remove board members and put fucking people in place that are not going to go against him, if he could fucking sit there and rewrite bylaws of the WWE, you don't think that this man has the capability to fucking get backstage, sit in that chair, put that headset on, and run creative? This is not about the sale of the company. This is about Vince McMahon getting back what he lost. He even said it himself. I got bad information about stepping down because I feel if I was there, everything would have blown over. You don't think this man was fucking contemplating this the day he retired? Ridiculous. Everybody that is worried. Don't listen to the people that are, oh yeah, everybody's doom and gloom. Fuck your doom and gloom. It's absolutely doom and gloom. Vince McMahon. He's working towards selling the company. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Mr. McMahon, who has majority voting power, because we need Vince McMahon as chairman of the board to have him have ultimate voting power, right? Majority voting power through his ownership of WWE's Class B stock has told the company that he is electing himself and two former co-presidents and directors, Michelle Wilson and George Barrios, to the board. The move to reinstate Mr. McMahon, which was the board previously you know, has previously rebuffed, and the others will require three current directors to vacate their positions, which he did. Mr. McMahon said, and I quote, Miss Wilson and Mr. Barrios are highly qualified directors whose professional experience positions them well to help the company achieve the best possible outcomes in both initiatives. Yes, they also will not say no to anything that you do. You ask, jump, and they ask how high. As former WWE co-presidents and board members, they are intimately familiar with the industry dynamics and the organization's operations and have helped guide the company through the past successful media rights negotiations. I look forward to working closely with Michelle and George, as well as the company's remaining directors and management team, who have my full support and confidence. Sure, for now. WWE has an exceptional management team in place, and I do not intend for my return to have any impact on their roles, their duties, or responsibilities. McMahon is reportedly expecting to assume his role as chairman of the board, which has already happened, but he would need board approval. It's already happened. It's already happened! The fuck approval do you need? He did exactly what I told you he did. He put people in place so that he has the votes he needs to assume executive power. The Wall Street Journal adds that McMahon has sent a letter to the board in December about his desire to return, blah, blah, blah. We read these these emails and these letters. Spearhead a strategic review process 
McMahon reportedly is of the belief that there is a narrow window to kick off the sale process because they are about to enter negotiations for their next media rights deals. WWE hired J.P. Morgan to help lead sales talks. So, by all accounts, from what we see, the WWE is on its way to potentially being sold. They hired J.P. Morgan. Why J.P. Morgan? I don't know. Maybe their portfolio better suited WWE. I, I, I don't know. A lot of people are like, well, how come it wasn't Goldman Sachs or some other firm? Maybe they've done business with J.P. Morgan before. Maybe Vince has done work or, or business with J.P. Morgan before. I don't, I don't know. But J.P. Morgan is now leading sales talks with WWE. Maybe they're better suited. And like I said, their plan, their strategic plan is better than what a Goldman Sachs would do, right? This morning, Alex Sherman of CNBC reported that WWE has hired J.P. Morgan to help the company advise on a potential sale. The report added, if a deal occurs, it would likely occur in the next three to six months, said the people, who asked not to be named because the discussions are private. WWE plans to talk to potential buyers before it makes a decision on TV rights renewal agreements. The article noted three categories of likely buyers for WWE, legacy media companies, streamers, and entertainment holding companies. The article speculated companies such as Comcast, NBCU's parent company, Netflix, Amazon, Endeavor Group Holdings, this is the parent company of the UFC, Warner Brothers Discovery, which you know is home of AEW, Disney, and Fox could be potential buyers. Now, the Saudi government apparently is in the running as well. And they are estimated with assets of $620 billion. So, I mean, they're not out of the realm of possibility because if they want to do business with WWE and they offer anywhere between 10 to 15 billion or million or whatever billion to buy WWE, 10 to 15 billion to buy WWE, that, that's couch change for the fucking prince over there. How could Vince say no to that? Why would you say no to a deal like that, no matter who it's from? Would I like to see that happen? No, I think that's a fucking death wish waiting to I may be out of a fucking job if that happens. Now, we don't know. We don't know. McMahon, who has majority voting power through his ownership of WWE's Class B stock, previously told WWE's board in a letter last month that he believes there's a narrow window to the sale process and... They are about to enter negotiations and would like to get this done before they enter into TV rights deals, which he can only administer, by the way. He cannot have anybody else do it. He has to do it. I want to make sure you guys are very well aware of that. I don't know who's going to end up buying the company. You know, the, the, the sale of the company is not really guaranteed. It's not. And I alluded to this earlier. I alluded to this earlier. WWE right now is not a guarantee. Hey, man, everybody's going to go want to buy WWE. It's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee because Vince is now positioning himself as chairman of the board. Basically is, because he's given himself the power via the board of directors. Process of elimination. Are they going to want to do work with Vince? Is Vince going to be a hindrance to any upcoming negotiation deals because of the way he's instituted himself 
and applied his willingness to break bylaws, change bylaws, defy the law, are they going to want to do business and work with him? I don't know. I don't know. You know, one of the other things that people are not really talking about is not only, you know, people who may be interested in buying the company. If WWE wants to have a successful WrestleMania season, and this is the biggest money-making season of WWE's year, is WrestleMania season. Now, I went on record to say, well, when Vince was going and appearing on TV and it was right in the thick of all the all the negotiations, all the investigations, rather, when the investigation was just breaking and all these different stories were coming out and then other stories came out a couple of months ago. It was in the middle of the summer, and I remember vividly, John Cena came back to the company, right, celebrated 20 years in WWE. Nobody's going to convince me that John Cena was not in the cards to wrestle Austin Theory at SummerSlam. They brought him back, and that was the plan. Now, that's just John Cena. That's just John Cena. John Cena is potentially rumored to be at WrestleMania. But the reason why John Cena, in my honest and humble opinion, the reason why John Cena did not wrestle Austin Theory is not because they didn't have any plans, because why bring him back and then take him off television to say, yeah, you'll see me when you see me. I honestly believe, and this is just my opinion only, that John Cena did not wrestle at SummerSlam because he did not want to be involved with WWE while Vince McMahon had the investigation going on. The Wall Street Journal dug up a lot of shit, and John Cena did not want to be a part of it. John Cena would not risk his movie career to work with WWE and work alongside somebody that had all that toxic negativity surrounding him, and this is just not any normal human being. This is the CEO of the company. He did not want to put himself in that position. Now, fast forward to now, with Vince McMahon trying to assume power again, take back control of WWE. We have WrestleMania coming up. Is John Cena going to want to work with WWE knowing that Vince is back in charge? We don't know. It's January 8th. We don't know what the fuck March or April is going to hold. By this time, around WrestleMania, Vince could be back completely in charge of everything. We don't know. Is John Cena going to want to work with WWE if Vince is back? Is Rock going to want to come back and work with the WWE knowing Vince is back? Are they going to put their names on the line working for Vince now that he's back in complete control? I don't know. Nobody knows. Logan Paul. Logan Paul's got his own shit going on. But is Logan Paul going to want to add to all the toxic negativity surrounding him by coming back to work for WWE? Nobody knows. Who do I think is going to buy WWE? It's anybody's guess. It's anybody's guess. Any one of these companies could buy WWE. Does Warner Brothers Discovery sit there as a suitable home for WWE? No. No, they don't. With all the mess layoffs that they've had in the last six months, I don't see them doing anything as far as buying the company. And AEW, 
It would be so fucking weird, man. It, it would be like we're living in an alternate universe. Imagine WWE's bought out by Warner Brothers Discovery and Raw and SmackDown are on TNT and TBS and AEW is on USA Network, right? I mean, it could happen. It could happen. Amazon, I know they paid billions for Thursday Night Football. Netflix, I, I mean, how much money, how many millions did they lose? 300, 400 million? How many subscribers did they lose in 2022? I don't know. I don't know if the money or the interest is there from Netflix for live weekly sports. The Endeavor Group. Now, that's an interesting one. The Saudis, you know, they got all those billions. They got $620 billion in asset. They could do whatever the fuck they want. Comcast. Comcast seems like a likely home because it's NBCU. WWE's on Peacock for the next four years. It just makes sense to have Comcast step in and buy WWE as the company should want everything under one umbrella instead of NBCU here and Hulu there and Fox here. They should want everything under one umbrella, right? Comcast seems like a likely home. Endeavor Group is also interesting as well because I know when Endeavor bought the UFC for $4 billion, they left Dana White in charge. Dana White is the face of UFC. Endeavor did not get involved. They let Dana White run the UFC the way UFC needs to be run. They didn't really step in and drastically change anything. And that's the point I'm trying to get at. The thing is, whoever buys WWE, I I don't care as long as the product is not changed in any way. I would not want anybody to buy the company like a Disney, right? I don't want Disney to buy the company and then they don't know jack shit about pro wrestling or what the fans want or what the fans need or what the fans want to see. I don't want someone like fucking Mickey Mouse coming in here and drastically changing the fucking product that we watch weekly to fit their narrative and to fit what they think pro wrestling is. I want somebody to buy the company because they want the company, because they love professional wrestling, and I want them to stay the fuck out and let the company thrive and run the way that it needs to by having the right people in place to run the company who know professional wrestling. That's what I want. Anything else is, I don't want to hear it. That's what Endeavor did with UFC. Now, the funny thing is, the funny thing is, Vince has already stated to the shareholders that nothing can be done. No sale of the company, no TV rights and media negotiations will happen without him. He will not approve anybody else talking about negotiations with Fox or NBC or any suitable fucking buyer of the WWE unless it goes through him. He will decline everything as majority shareholder. What is happening here, folks, again, is a play for ultimate power. Vince has thought this out. I hope he doesn't get away with it, and I hope it fucking blows up in his face, but this is what he has done. He has taken the board of directors and swung the power of the board of directors in his favor to put him back at chairman of the board, which has already been done. And now... He is 
nixing all plans for any negotiations unless they go through him, and he is going to facilitate a sale of the company with his people. And if Endeavor or someone like Endeavor buys the company, he is going to negotiate because it can't happen without him. He's going to negotiate that he remains in ultimate power. Do you see what he has done here? At every twist and turn, he has taken control of everything. Nothing can happen without him. Nothing can happen without his say. And he is going to negotiate a sale of the company to gain ultimate power and use that as leverage to no matter who he negotiates with to keep himself in charge. He has all the say. Stephanie McMahon is going to have no say. Nick Khan is not going to have any say. Triple H is not going to have any say. He's using the company as leverage to get himself back to where he needs to be. And everybody sitting there saying to themselves, oh, it's not doom and gloom. It's not doom and gloom. This is absolutely fucking doomsday if I ever seen it. This is bad. This is fucking bad. If you are not worried about this, if you are not an executive in that company, you're not worried about this, if you are not worried about this, if you're a talent, look at all the people that Triple H has brought back. Poor William Regal. Can you imagine William Regal showing up in WWE on day one and Vince McMahon is back in charge? Vince McMahon fired William Regal. William Regal is assuming his vice president position as Triple H's right-hand man. Can you imagine what William Regal is thinking? Can you imagine what someone like Bronson Reed is thinking? Can you imagine what Ricochet is thinking and Dakota Kai and Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis and Braun Strowman? Can you imagine what Bray Wyatt is thinking? Vince McMahon has made it to where he is going to negotiate for everybody in the company to give himself ultimate power. That's what we're looking at here. But as far as who buys the company, someone's going to buy the company, the McMahons are going to be in charge, just like Dana White is in charge of UFC, and the family will continue to run the business. That's what's going to happen. Do I believe WWE is at a point right now where it could be sold for $10 billion, $11 billion? Yes. Do I think it could happen? Absolutely. Do I want it to happen as long as nothing changes? Sure. But if you're going to get somebody to buy the company and then have them drastically change how they feel wrestling should be, then we're all fucked. We are absolutely screwed. Now, Vince McMahon is not working at his office in the WWE headquarters following his return. I don't know why. I don't know what that has to say about how things are being done here. But there's a lot of speculation right now about what's going on. And following the news that Vince McMahon is back as chairman of the board, WWE's stock increased. Not because Vince is back, but because the sale of WWE is supposedly going to happen between the next three to six months. And that's got people excited. Not because Vince is back. As of this writing, McMahon is only back on the board with the idea that he will help secure new TV rights deals for Raw and SmackDown and look for potential bidders interested in buying the company. Dave Meltzer noted 
that McMahon isn't working at his office in Stamford, Connecticut, nor was he backstage at Friday's SmackDown. Now he's back. It's business as usual. He hasn't returned to his office. He's not in Memphis for SmackDown. I mean, the word is he's not returning to TV. The word is he's not even returning to his office. We'll see how long that lasts. I don't know. It's January 8th. By this time, a month from now, Vince could be back in office and Vince could give himself ultimate power and make himself once again head of creative. We don't know. We don't know. News on creative management. What the reactions were when people found out. Fightful has already heard from dozens within WWE who were all floored by the announcement. Nobody in any department, talent, production, creative, general staff, that they heard back from were briefed, tipped off, or given any information before or immediately after the news broke. Not one bit, but considering some people from his regime are still there and have been kept this long, they must have known it would happen eventually. We'll see if they talk to us this week, one talent told Fightful, referring to the upcoming SmackDown tapings that just happened in Memphis. Another top WWE talent was, was, wasn't only given any information, but also asked what the possibilities of a return to creative would be for Vince McMahon. The idea that McMahon could return to creative has been a common concern amongst talent. The two sources that Fightful heard back from within the creative department had not learned of any adjustments to their duties and said that they were sent some notes for SmackDown shortly before the Wall Street Journal's Vince McMahon story this past Friday. WWE sources came out of the woodwork to let Fightful also know anonymously that McMahon was not wanted back at all in WWE. Why would he? Why would he be back? Why would he be wanted back? Who wants him back? I mean, if you are happy about Vince potentially coming back to run creative, what has Triple H done worse than what Vince McMahon gave us? Vince McMahon would absolutely destroy the current WWE product as we know it. Vince McMahon would do nothing that we, as the fan base, would want. Triple H at least has taken some of our considerations and put them into effect. It's not the perfect show. No perfect to show. Raw's not perfect, not by a long shot. SmackDown, outside the bloodline on Friday, was terrible. It was not a good show. AEW Dynamite largely has been very good as of late, but they're nowhere near perfect either. There is no perfect pro wrestling show. But anything, and I stress, anything is better than what Vince McMahon gave us. All the people that Vince fired, Triple H brought back, the majority of them. Do you think that Vince would keep those people around? What do you think his reaction would be to see everybody that he fired back in the company? He would fire them again. And there was a report that were, you know, that was floating around that these people said, oh yeah, they were someone that had a great relationship with Vince McMahon. I only got fired because of the pandemic. I understood that it was budget cuts. No, Vince didn't like you. 
That's why he got rid of you. It wasn't for any other reason. Vince did not like you. And that was said in the report. Top talents said that he's not wanted back in the company. Keeping with the theme, production employees were also not informed about Vince McMahon. The unanimous reaction that Fightful gained from many who commented on the matter was either bad news or news above their pay grade that they wouldn't concern themselves with until they needed to. One source noted the increase in after-hours stock rose. One talent said, Finding out about Vince online is scary, and it's Vince, so I don't believe a word he says. I hope current management and everything doesn't change, but only time will tell. Before noting that they have a lot of respect for Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, another talent says they believe there will be roster uproar if Vince McMahon returns to head up creative. No, there won't. Roster uproar. There will not be a single fucking peep from anybody in that company. And I don't know who in the fucking company is going to get wind of this. If it's a talent that's watching me right now, that if it's a fucking production member or a staff member, because I know for a fucking fact that people watch this shit doesn't mean that they are watching right now. They always, they always find out what is said here. There will not be a single fucking peep from anybody. Not one single person will cause an uproar. Why? Because you'll sit there like the fucking pussies that you are and tuck your tail in between your legs and cower in fear because Satan himself is back. And you know that your roster spot is way too important for you, but realize your roster spot is not guaranteed when he's back. And you know it's going to happen. I love these people. And I said it myself on Friday. Right now we have nothing to worry about. But worry is going to grow and multiply over the next several weeks. There will not be a single fucking person who causes an uproar. All those people, right? What what happened? What was the last thing that people got their fucking panties in a bunch over? What, what was it, huh? The fucking unionization of the product of, of the, the, the roster, right? Oh, WWE needs a union. What happened? What happened? One of you, one of you saw Zelina Vega fight for the locker room and voice her opinion, right? None of you said anything publicly. None of you came to her defense publicly. She threw herself out there in front of the Vince McMahon fucking bus with the fucking headlights gleaming right at her to run her over. And what happened? Gone. Finished. She was ultimately brought back. And what did they do? They fired her husband when they brought her back. She deleted all those tweets. Why? Because she realized that it wasn't in her best judgment to argue with the boss. She cannot single-handedly make a change. If nobody else is going to fucking back me up, why the fuck am I putting myself in the line of fire to fucking get eaten alive? What happened? What was the other thing that people got upset about? The cameo shit? The Twitch? The streaming shit, right? The third-party shit? How many of you fucking people, how many of you fucking people out there were so upset that you couldn't stream on Twitch or on YouTube because Vince said, well, if you don't shut the shit down, we're getting rid of you. 
How many of you caused an uproar about that? Not one single fucking peep. Not one person stood up and said, this is wrong. You know, it says, or they say that in numbers, in greater numbers, you'll do better, right? Send an army out there and attack as an army. Not one single person stood up and none of you followed. Not one. So again, I ask, do you truly believe there'll be an uproar if Vince McMahon comes back to creative? They will sit there and fucking eat the shit that they are given just like they did before Triple H took over. I don't believe that for a single fucking second. Never. Never would believe that, ever. I can't count how many interviews I've read or people I've talked to outside the company that said Vince liked me, but I got fired. He didn't like you. That's why you got fired. I would be blown away if he returned to creative. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Vince is going to be back. Mark my words. Mark my words. I said that this man, there's no way, there is no way that this could happen. I'm not believing anything right now. I'm not calming down. I'm not sitting in the fucking sun with a cold beverage, sniffing the fucking flowers. I'm going to sit there with my dark cloud and fucking have it rain constantly over me because this is the environment that we are used to. WWE is better off with Vince gone. We know this. Vince McMahon doesn't give a shit about that. Vince wants to run the company. At 77 years old, he wants everything to go through him. He wants himself to be the WWE. He wants a WWE for him. It's his. Triple H wants a WWE for us. Triple H books as a fan. Triple H books with care. Vince McMahon books with reckless abandon to appease himself and Bruce Pritchard. That's it. If he shows up in creative, I will not be shocked. I will not be shocked. I didn't think he was going to get nailed the first fucking time with the Wall Street Journal. And lo and behold, it happened. And I was shocked. Jesse kept telling me, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. He's dead. There's no way he's coming back from this. He came back. If he could come back from this in 2022, there is absolutely no reason to believe that he cannot take control over WWE creatively again. None. There's nothing out there to convince you otherwise. Everything he's done up until this point is trending in that direction. WWE held an employee meeting. This was not an employee meeting with talent, which is pretty fucking telling, because they know Why wasn't talent involved in this meeting? Because they fucking know. We know. They know. The meeting was pushed back till 4 p.m. on Eastern time on Friday. It was scheduled for 3.30. Talent was not involved because everybody knows. There were no questions taken. It was stressed that day-to-day is not changing for now. For now. They spoke about Vince McMahon being the controlling shareholder and the possibility of a sale, as well as the media rights deal. 
Stephen McMahon, Nick Khan, and Frank Riddick III led the meeting. It was noted that the sale could be a huge positive and that they would be looking at a potential sale and offers before negotiating the rights fees for TV. Vince McMahon will get the final say. They said a sale might not happen and the company could be taken private if there is a sale. I'd love it to go private. I don't know the likelihood of that being real, but I would love it to go private. I think it would spawn a better product. It was portrayed that this move was made to look at the market to maximize right fees and the deals for potential sale. It was noted that potential buyers could be more interested in the WWE as a property than just the product that we see. Michelle Wilson and George Barrios being rehired was mentioned as two people who will help sell the WWE's biggest right fees deals. And the meeting was said to be less than 10 minutes. No talent was involved in this meeting. It was more of a, yeah, this is great news. Rah, rah, rah. Everything's positive. Vince is back. Sell the company. We're, uh, we're doing good things. Man. WWE is at the best it's ever been. But no talent was involved. No talent was involved. Why was that? Because the talent knows, and WWE does not want to answer questions about something that they know inevitably is going to happen. What are they going to do? They might as well. This is my feeling on it. Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan know what is coming. So instead of lying to the talent, they rather not address them at all and rather bullshit them from afar. Yeah, this is rah, 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 great news for WWE, but you're all fucked because the man himself is back and there's nothing we can do about it. Some people in WWE want out if Vince McMahon is back. Sure thing, this goes in line with what I just talked about as far as there will be a revolt There will be an uproar if Vince is back. There won't be a fucking peep. All you fucking little mice are going to be eat there, uh, sit there and eat your little cheese that he gives you, man. You guys aren't doing shit. You want out? Don't worry about it. If you're not liked, you'll be out sooner than later. PW Insider reported this weekend that his return pretty much shocked everybody that they've spoken to. The feeling is that Other than people in his inner circle, this took most people in the company by surprise, and there are a lot of people wondering what is next. The morale in the company is said to have been much better since Vince McMahon stepped down in July. PW Insider added that they heard from someone or some who said that they want out if Vince McMahon returns. Well, he's back, and we'll see what happens, but one has to wonder if some people will be let go as Triple H has brought back a lot of names that were let go when Vince was in charge. Mike Johnson at PW Insider wrote the following, and I quote, Vince is exercising ultimate control. Everyone in WWE is still processing that he did. It's going to happen. Mark my words. It is going to happen. Vince McMahon originally had something else in mind when he came back to seek his return to WWE. For all the people that said, stop with the doom and gloom, blah, blah, blah. Dave Meltzer! You can take this with a grain of salt. You can believe Meltzer all you want. I believe it. I believe every fucking word Meltzer is telling you right now. 
Meltzer said this on Wrestling Observer Live, that Mr. McMahon was looking to take over creative in WWE as of a week ago, and he wanted to be involved in the day-to-day operations of running the company. It is going to happen. Do not be shocked when it does. Do not cry to me. Do not go on social media pretending to be shocked. It will happen. The groundwork for it to happen is already in place. I will not be shocked and I will not be shedding any fucking tears on social media. I'll say exactly what I said this weekend. Fuck Vince McMahon. Fuck Vince McMahon. I may say, I may say some things that may end up getting me in some hot water. But that's the extent of what I'm allowed to say. What I really want to say, some people may take the wrong way. But I doubt what I really feel. A lot of people would actually be on my side. I think everybody is looking at this going like, what's really going to happen? Everybody's been very skeptical of this in the long run because Vince wanted it back. He wanted to run it again. I mean, that's what he wanted. That's what he was looking for a week ago. So he did not get it. Vince wanted creative. I wonder how he didn't get it this time. But he's certainly making strides to get it the next time. For now, Vince does not have control over creative in WWE. However, all that can change in the coming weeks because Vince can do whatever the fuck he wants. He changed bylaws of the WWE to basically blackball the company and put himself in a position to make all the decisions. You can't do anything without me being present. You can't make any decision because if you do, I'm going to fucking say no to everything. Everything can change. Everything could lead to large-scale implications for WWE programming that has been completely revamped under the regime of Triple H's management team. WWE made it clear in their meeting before SmackDown that Triple H will continue to run creative for Raw and SmackDown, and Vince is only back for television rights talks and to facilitate a potential sale of the company. This is where we are, folks. This is where we are. This is not about a sale of the company. This is not about TV rights deals. This is about Vince wanting ultimate power. This is about Vince sitting at home, knowing that WrestleMania season is looming, and he cannot bear to have WrestleMania happen without his involvement. He cannot sit and watch his family run the company better than he did in the last seven months than he did for the last 40 years. We don't need Vince McMahon to facilitate a sale of the company. We don't need Vince McMahon to negotiate with Fox, NBCU, or any other buyer who wants to program WWE into their network. We don't need any Vince McMahon influence. The company could do this with the people that they have in place now. The only reason why Vince is back is because he knows that with him in charge he can weasel his way back into what he did have previously and nobody will stop him. This is why he cut five members of the board. Three, he cut, two, quit. He aligned the board of directors with people who will not go against anything he says, which in turn will give him ultimate power. 
That ultimate power has now bled into everybody thinking, well, if he could change this and fucking maximize the board of directors to swing the power in his position, what else is this man capable of? We don't need Vince McMahon to sit there to negotiate TV deals or sale of the company when we have the people in place that have done this, like Nick Khan. He owns 80% of the fucking company. Why would they not go and ask Vince McMahon what he thinks about this? It is not about selling the company. It is about getting Vince and his ego to a point where it's been diminished back at 100%. It's all an ego grab. The ego maniacal agenda and narrative of Vince McMahon will ruin this fucking company until he is fucking gone. And worst case, dead. The company will be better off if Vince McMahon is dead. There. It would be. He's not needed. He's given us a childhood that I fondly remember. We don't need Vince McMahon anymore. We don't need his business acumen. We don't need his leadership. We don't need him to negotiate any TV deals or sell the company. We have people in place right now that can handle that and do it just as good as Vince thinks he could do it. If WWE hands over creative control to Vince McMahon, again, without saying a fucking word, if there is not a uproar, an upheaval, if there is not a revolt in this company and everybody sits back and just lets it happen without saying anything, how many people will stop watching? How many people will just give up on this company completely? You know, a lot of people came back to the WWE once they found out Triple H was in charge and Vince was not running the show anymore. It didn't even even have to be Triple H. It could have been anybody. Could have been Paul Heyman. Could have been Eric Bischoff. Could have been fucking anybody. It doesn't matter who was in charge of creative. As long as Vince was not there, that was all people wanted to hear. How many people did Vince deter away from watching the product? You could just tell them the numbers. The numbers were up. I mean, I don't need to fucking tell you what the ratings were in August. Vince McMahon was trending a fucking 1-3, 1-4, 1-5 with Monday Night Raw. Come to September after Clash of the Castle, WWE was trending a 2-2 on Monday night. The interest in the product was at levels I have never seen for as long as I've had this podcast. You mean to tell me that Vince coming back is going to uphold those? I'll uphold those people and keep that interest where it is right now? I don't think so. If you are not worried, if you are a fan and not worried, if you are a talent and not worried, if you are an executive and not worried, if you are a podcaster and not worried, if you are a fucking checkmark who sucks WWE cock for a living and not worried, you should be. I get more right on this show than anybody in the community because I know exactly what the fuck this company is about. I know exactly how Vince operates. I don't work there. I see it. I take it in. I assess. I call it out like I should, like I see it. If you are not worried about what is coming, you should be. There may not be a WWE that we recognize by the end of the year. That's what I'm afraid of. And no matter who buys the company, 
Vince McMahon is in charge to facilitate a sale of the company, not because he wants to sell the company, because he wants whoever he sells it to, to instill him as ultimate fucking power. That's why he wants to sell the company. All of a sudden, he wants to sell the fucking company. That came out of left field, didn't it? There was always talk about, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll listen to people interested. The right offer's got to come along, but we're not in any realm to sell the company. Now he wants to sell the company. Now he wants to sell the company. I don't believe this man for a single fucking second. Not one single second. And when he shows up, and that news breaks that he is, once again, in charge of creative and removes Triple H again and undoes everything that we have come to fucking appreciate again. Do not come to me and tell me why, 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 why. I told you why. You should not be shocked because I know for a fucking fact I won't be. Let's add some humor to this podcast. John Laurinaitis, one of the men who was ousted, and rightfully so because he's a fucking scumbag. People power. Johnny Laurinaitis. Fan outrage leads to John Laurinaitis' first post-WWE appearance being canceled. It's amazing. It's amazing, ain't it? I don't know why anybody would have this man as a fucking appearance for anything. Why would you book this man for anything? On Wednesday, it was announced that John Laurinaitis' first post-WWE appearance was booked by big-time collectibles. Just 24 hours later, the appearance has been canceled. I wonder why. Bobby Fulton announced today that they received only negative feedback when they made the initial announcement and they did end up cutting cutting the relationship to work with him. They have decided to not work with John Laurinaitis. Bobby Fulton's statement is as follows, and I quote, This weekend we announced John Laurinaitis would be doing an appearance with big-time collectibles. Upon announcement, we received the only negative feedback After much consideration, we've decided to not work with him. We apologize to those we have offended by us working with him. End quote. Laurinaitis was fired by WWE in August of 2022. As you guys know, after the Wall Street Journal reported that the WWE Board of Directors was investigating a $3 million payment made by Vince McMahon to a former WWE employee who had a sexual relationship with both Vince and then Vince like a fucking piece of bubble gum, gave John Laurinaitis the fucking rest of the chew. Laurinaitis was also named in the report. Can you imagine having sexual relations with John Laurinaitis? Holy fucking shit, man. Whatever that woman was making, make it a fucking double, triple. Laurinaitis had been with WWE since 2001. He was one of the high-ranking executives and one of Vince McMahon's trusted fucking cocksuckers. Now, apparently, Bobby Fulton said on Twitter that he did not know of the backlash it would receive because he didn't know 
What had happened to John Laurinaitis previously in August? Bullshit. How are you in the pro wrestling realm and don't know what Vince and John Laurinaitis did? I don't understand why you would even bother to book someone like this on a show when you know that negative backlash is not far behind. This man deserves to rot in his fucking home until the day he stops breathing. Fuck John Laurinaitis. Never want to hear about him again. John Laurinaitis. Fuck off. Drop dead, John Laurinaitis. I'm doing this podcast and I realize, do I have the right setting on my microphone? And I don't. So we're going to make it sound better. Bear with me. I don't feel like I sound, do I sound good? That sounds a lot better. Oh yeah, that sounds a lot better, man. I know I sound better. That's exactly, that's exactly what. See, when I went to Tennessee, I had to use a different microphone because, I, I mean, I couldn't take my short SM7B with me, man. I'm not traveling with that. Now, I feel, I feel like it's better. There you go. Moving on. Moving on. Some people, some people made this out to be the worst thing ever. And on a normal week, this would be top of the news. Top of the news. Mercedes Monet is back in pro wrestling. And I love it. I love it. Mercedes Monet, I appreciate her back being in the realm of pro wrestling. And a lot of people took her appearance at New Japan and made fun of it and said it wasn't a big deal. Mercedes Monet is not a game changer. Mercedes Monet, Sasha Banks, is going to bomb because she's not working with WWE. Don't know why she would want to go back there now with this looming news over everybody's head. Don't know why she would want to go back. AEW is looking even more attractive for Mercedes at this point in time. WWE apparently believes that after she gets New Japan out of her system, like a little kid in a candy store, that Mercedes will be back in WWE as Sasha Banks. I mean, WWE finally just moved her to the alumni section on WWE.com. Does Mercedes call up Triple H and call up William Regal and Bruce Prichard and notify her of every fucking move that she does? Like a little teenager that has a fucking uh, curfew. You gotta be home by 10 p.m. We can't have you out. You serious? There's a grown woman who's allowed to do whatever the fuck she wants now. Who gives a fuck? Sounds like WWE's in denial. I'm sorry. You know the person who said she peaked, right? And did not want to give her a contract uh, is responsible for... Letting Mercedes go, John Laurinaitis, Vince McMahon, and Bruce Pritchard. That's who. You fucking break with this nonsense. Some people in AEW don't believe that Mercedes Monet is showing up on Wednesday. WWE thinks she will be returning to the company. Despite the hint being dropped on AEW Dynamite, there's a feeling in WWE that Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet 
will return, and Dave Meltzer does not think she will be showing up next week on AEW television. She's not in Los Angeles. And why would she be? She doesn't live in Los Angeles. I don't know where Mercedes is. She lives in Orlando, I believe, with Mikaze. Why would she be in Los Angeles now? She's not coming into AEW, says Dave Meltzer. I don't think she wants to make that commitment. (laughs) Now with the news that Vince is back, she may want to make a commitment. Because she goes to AEW, it's a long commitment. Meltzer said on Wrestling Observer Ray, why does it have to be a long commitment? That's what I want to know. Why? Why was this report out there like she has to make a commitment to AEW? I don't get it. If Tony Khan signed Mercedes for one year, that one year would be tremendous for Tony Khan. And Mercedes is at a point in her career right now where she could ask whatever the fuck they want. If you are going to negate and argue with what the woman wants, then you don't really want Mercedes. I think she's at a point right now where she could ask for whatever the fuck she wants, and you're going to give it to her because that's how good she is. Because if she goes to AEW, it's going to be a long commitment. Brian Alvarez noted that during her interview segment, Britt Baker on Wednesday said, I'm the boss. Alvarez said that since they announced Tony Storm as Soraya's partner, we know that Monet won't be wrestling next week. Now, that could be a red herring. That could be a troll. That could be a swerve. No pun intended. But Alvarez said that nobody in AEW has denied that Monet is debuting next week. Meltzer said, and I quote, I've heard denials from AEW people in the match. They know it was really screwed. That's why they had to announce somebody this week because they knew it was really screwed because everybody was thinking that it was her and it wasn't her. Now, I find it funny how Meltzer thinks that the people in the match are going to tell him exactly what the fuck is going on. Why would the people in the match tell Dave Meltzer anything about what really is going on is what I find funny. Then he puts this out there on his show. He puts this out there in The Observer. Well, I heard from people in the match, and they told me, and they denied. Of course they would. Why the fuck are they going to tell you, yeah, Dave, Mercedes is going to be in the match. They're going to have you watch just like everybody else, and they're going to string you along like a puppet. That's what they're doing. Now, could it be that she's not there? Sure. Do I think that she shows up? Yes, I do. I think it would be foolish for her not to show up. And the match is in Los Angeles, and the match is big enough to a point where I think that if she does show up, it makes a huge, huge bank statement for AEW. Change. What are one of the, th- what are one of the things that we all talked about weekly that needs to change? W- WWE is doing what they got to do, right? AEW Their women's division is not where it needs to be. It has the potential to be where it needs to be, but it's not where it needs to be. AEW changed the graphics and the logo and the look of the show, right? They had a great production beginning to 2023. That show looked fucking great. That show was great on Wednesday. High hopes for the production on AEW moving forward. The other thing that needs to change is the women's division. If you don't bring in Mercedes, you are not on board with changing the division for the better. That is a legit, absolute, no-brainer of a decision. 
and you don't think Mercedes wants to work with some of the talent in the fucking company, what gives you the impression that she's missing out on anything in WWE? I mean, just watch what happened on Friday last week. I mean, they gave fucking Charlotte Flair the world championship again. Why would Mercedes want to go back there and have that looming over her when she could take her own career into her own hands and do whatever the fuck she wants and work with whoever the fuck she wants? I don't get it. Yet this bothers some people. This bothers a lot of people. There's nobody in that company that I want to see Sasha Banks work with. She's worked with everybody. Yes, because I'm clamoring for a Sasha Banks and Candice LeRae match. Oh, man, I can't wait. Or Sasha Banks and EO match. Oh, my goodness. Because EO looks so fucking great in damage control, right? We've seen Sasha Charlotte, Sasha Becky, Sasha Bailey, Sasha Bianca. I mean, give me a fucking break. What exactly is she missing out on? I actually appreciate the fact that she changed her fucking name, changed her image, and did whatever she had to do to start over. Because she knows she can. Yes, WWE has propelled her to do such a thing, but taking a chance on, on yourself like that away from the biggest pro wrestling entity in the world takes fucking balls. And she did it with no hesitation. That's the part I appreciate because... Though I'm not a professional wrestler, and though I'm not Mercedes, I did the same thing many, many, many years ago by starting this channel and starting this podcast. And now I am the fucking best at what I do. I am Monet, no pun intended. A lot of people were like, oh, Sasha botched. The debut looked terrible. The debut sucked. It was uneventful. It was something that fell flat. I'm sorry. I don't watch Japan pro wrestling. I don't watch Japanese pro wrestling. But exactly how many people over there know who Mercedes Monet is? How many people know Sasha Banks in that part of the globe? Not many. Not many. She shows up, new theme, new hairstyle. Same Sasha Banks that we've come to know and love. And she's in the ring, and she cuts a promo, and she delivers her new finishing move to Kyrie, who, from my vantage point, got the knees down sooner than she needed to and botched the move, and Sasha had to salvage the rest of the segment. Sasha didn't botch. Kyrie botched. That's how I saw it. Everybody else wanted to blame Sasha Banks because they have a fucking hard-on for calling her Botcha Banks. Did it come off the way that it needed to? I don't know what the fuck you were expecting. Were you expecting some Cody Rhodes WrestleMania fucking 38 moment? I don't get it. The crowd was silent because nobody knows who Sasha Banks is over there. The crowd was silent because women's wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom is a new venture. The crowd was silent because there are still COVID restrictions in place. Even though New Japan put out a briefing saying that you could cheer. And that people were cheering during that show. People are not going to go out there and abuse the ruling. COVID still exists over there. COVID isn't going anywhere. And they very much appreciate the fact that they even have pro wrestling and filled that arena 27,000 large. Love how, I love how people tell me Sasha Banks is not a game changer. This woman, she went out there 
And because of her rumored appearance, nobody knew, right? Nobody knew. Because of her rumored appearance, she brought 93,000 unique new viewers to New Japan World. Mercedes single-handedly drove 24,000 new subscriptions to New Japan World. Mercedes and Kyrie sold out Battle in the Valley in San Jose with it being the only match announced. And you mean to tell me that Sasha Banks is not a difference maker? Man, all those people look fucking stupid tonight, don't you think? I think so. I think Sasha Banks shows up in AEW. I think Sasha Banks is the tag team partner for Soraya on Wednesday night. And this, she said, is just the first stop. New Japan is the first stop. Where's she going? Where's she going? She's absolutely joining AEW. Japan was just lucky enough to get her first. And New Japan is going to sell this Kyrie and Mercedes thing for a couple of matches at least. It's been said that they want to get as much as they can out of this. So from my vantage point, seems like at Battle in the Valley, Mercedes is going to be the new IWGP Women's World Champion. And why the fuck not? Why don't you use her and maximize the time that you have with her to get your women's division to be an attractive one? Can't get any more attractive than Mercedes being your world champion, right? It's something that she's dreamed of and something that she could absolutely carry the flag for. So that would make Sasha an instant success after leaving WWE from what I see. She shows up, she wrestles on Dynamite, goes to win the IWGP Women's Championship. Why? Why would anybody have a problem with that? I think she shows up. She takes out Sheeta. Uh, no, Tony Storm rather takes out Sheeta because there was a situation on Dynamite where it was Soraya. To the left of Soraya, it was Tony Storm. To the right of Soraya was Hikaru Sheeta, right? Or the other way around. I think it was I think Tony Storm was on her right and she was on her left. Sat there, all three of them, interviewed by Renee Paquette. And Paige, Soraya, turns to Tony. Yeah, you're my partner. You're my partner, Tony Storm, for this match against Britt Baker and Jamie Hitter. And she is standing there like this, right? What the fuck just happened? What the fuck just happened? Sounds like to me, looks like to me, that AEW is prepping you for a Sheeta heel turn. Sheeta may get jealous and take out Tony Storm. You did this to me. You excluded me. I thought we were in this together. Turn heel. Soraya ends up having no partner. Boom, in comes Mercedes. And she teams with Soraya against Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Boom. Excellent. Fightful Select. They reported that some of the AW talent that they spoke to in regards to Mercedes have been no-sold when asked about Mercedes being the person showing up next week. Steve Mulehausen reported, and he put this flat out on social media. He didn't hesitate at all. He's from DAZN, Steve Mulehausen, reported that Monet will be the partner for Soraya next Wednesday on Dynamite. He says, and I quote, sources, sources, trust me, bro. Maybe his sources are De, uh, Vince Russo. Who knows? Mercedes Varnado will be Soraya's partner next week on AEW Dynamite in LA against Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Couldn't announce or make major hint due to her being under contract with WWE until the beginning of 2023. She became free as a bird on January 1, and that lined up with the rumors 
about her taking pro wrestling uh, obligations and matches and anything pro wrestling related. Can't do it until after January. Now we see. Now we see what's going on with Mercedes. And I'm excited because I feel like something special is going to happen with her this year. She's going to make a huge statement this year in 2023. WWE did acknowledge her departure on .com Thursday morning. Banks' profile was moved to the alumni section on WWE's website. WWE had kept her profile on the SmackDown roster page as well as Naomi, uh, even despite them walking out of the company last May. Now... Naomi, speaking of Naomi, Naomi is expected to return to WWE. When? I don't know. Nobody knows. But this year, it's expected that Naomi is returning to WWE. Now, we all know that Banks and Naomi walked out, and rightfully so, back in May, walked out on Vince and Johnny Laurinaitis because, fuck them, creative differences. Good. Now, those are two women that will have my utmost respect because they did something that the rest of the roster was terrified to do, and that was defy Vince McMahon. That will always have my respect. There had been speculation about Naomi's future in the wrestling business as there hasn't been much of an update on her status since last month when it was reported that her future is up in the air as nothing has been said about her. Dave Meltzer, however, was told that she had to make a decision. Now, she was in Japan with Sasha, with Mercedes. So was Bailey. That does not mean Naomi is joining Mercedes in New Japan. That does not mean Naomi is joining Mercedes in AEW. That does not mean Bailey is leaving WWE. They're not going to New Japan. Bailey, Naomi are not going to New Japan. Of course, there is no official information on Naomi, but my impression is that she will be returning to the WWE. Actually, you can report that. My belief is that she will be returning to WWE because she will certainly be returning to the company. Sounds like he's just reiterating what he reiterated in the same fucking sentence. I will just say that. Other than that, I don't know what is going on. Now, others have reported this as well, and they feel like Naomi is on her way back to the WWE. Brian Alvarez reported that Naomi is going back to WWE. I believe it. And I said this. A couple of weeks ago. Now, I've been pushing for Rhea Ripley to win the Royal Rumble. I've been pushing for Rhea and Bianca at WrestleMania. I think that would be a tremendous match. Now, we could still get there. Rhea Ripley could win the Royal Rumble, and Naomi could win the Elimination Chamber or vice versa. But if we get Rhea and Bianca at WrestleMania, which I think is the right way to do it, having her win the Rumble or the Elimination Chamber would suffice. What if Naomi is a shock return at the Royal Rumble. She wins the Royal Rumble. She goes back to SmackDown. And at WrestleMania, it is Charlotte and Naomi for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, the reason why I say this is because if you look at SmackDown right now, there isn't anybody as over to a point where a match with Charlotte is going to make all that much of a difference. Now, I know people are probably saying and watching... You know, J.D., what about Raquel Rodriguez? She's a young, up-and-coming star, and she could benefit from winning the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania and getting over at WrestleMania if Charlotte does the job. No. I don't think Raquel Rodriguez is at a point right now to lead any fucking division as its women's world champion. It would completely devalue the entire division. She is just not there yet. 
Will she be there? Absolutely. But she's not ready yet. You just know when you watch, you just feel when you watch somebody that they're ready for that position. They are not. They are not. Now, WWE is in a position right now because they know they fucked up. They know they fucked up with Naomi. They know that they have to make her happy for her to come back. I don't think it is out of the realm of a possibility that you have Naomi debut back in the WWE, make a return in the WWE via the Royal Rumble, and have her wrestle for the SmackDown Women's Championship match at WrestleMania against Charlotte by winning the Royal Rumble. There's nobody else on that SmackDown roster ready for a match with Charlotte and ready to be a SmackDown Women's Champion. Shotzi, Liv Morgan, Shayna Baszler... Uh, Zia Lee, Lacey Evans. I mean, the SmackDown Women's Division is utter fucking dog shit. Now, if Naomi wins the Royal Rumble and challenges Charlotte Flair, you are looking at a banger of a match because if you're asking me honestly, the one woman who has given Charlotte the best match of the last time, the last year that Charlotte's been there, last couple of years, in fact, has been Naomi. So why not? Naomi winning the SmackDown Women's Championship and Charlotte doing what is right? I think that's the way to go. While Rhea wins the chamber and wins the opportunity against Bianca Belair on Monday Night Raw. There you go. That's what I'm going with for WrestleMania. If you don't like it, kiss my ass. Monday Night Raw news and notes. WWE seriously considering a heel turn for Bobby Lashley. In recent weeks, WWE's been teasing a reunion of the Hurt Business. Lashley, MVP, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin. No Omos. I don't know where Omos is, but the fact that he's not on TV warms my soul. It does. On Monday's episode of Raw, Damage Control was getting ready to head out to the ring, and you could see that MVP was in the background talking with Adam Pearce. With him was Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. This comes after MVP recently at X Pierce, how Lashley is doing. As recently as November, Lashley vowed to get the group back together and said that he would do so. PW Insider reports that discussions have picked up about turning Lashley heel fairly soon. At one point, he was fired in storyline because of his behavior. The Hurt Business took the WWE during the pandemic era and led Monday Night Raw. They got rewarded by being broken up. Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander were rightfully taken off television because Vince McMahon got bored of them. Because Vince said so. Now with Triple H getting everybody together back in trio factions, the Hurt Business with Cedric, Lashley, and Shelton fit better now in this WWE than they did with Vince McMahon. The Hurt Business single-handedly took Bobby Lashley to new heights in WWE, made him even bigger of a, of a star in WWE, led him to being a world champion. Yet they wanted to end it because Vince got bored of the Hurt Business. Now, Lashley's been a babyface. He's been kind of showing, I guess, tweener here and there on Monday Night Raw, going against Rollins, and we don't know if Rollins is going to be a heel or a babyface with Cody coming back. We don't know. But Bobby Lashley's played babyface. He's kind of been in between. If they're turning him heel for a return to the Hurt Business, I'm all for it. All for it. 
I think that would benefit him greatly because right now, I mean, I really can't stand to see him feud with Seth Rollins or Austin Theory any longer. So getting the Hurt Business back together is best for business. Somebody that you haven't seen on WWE television, and I'm not sure people actually care, is Dodrop. Dodrop. Hopefully when she comes back, she has a new name. Piper Niven was called up from the WWE UK system in June of 2021 to join the main roster where she uh, was, I don't even know if I want to mention this, aligned with easily the worst pro wrestler on the face of God's green in Eva Marie. So Dodrop has not been seen for several weeks, several weeks, months, actually. September 6th, where she teamed with Nikki. What was her name? Ash Trash. T-R-A-S-H. I remember Nikki Trash. Wow, man. Wow, the days have gone by, man. I love that joke. I can't use it anymore. I can't use it anymore because she's not Nikki She's not Nikki T-R-A-S-H anymore. She's just Nikki Cross. I, I know. I, listen, man. Listen. All good things have to come to an end. I know. I know. So we haven't seen her in several months. Last, she teamed with Nikki Trash. I got it. I got it. I got it. Uh, they defeated Toxic Attraction. Her last match on Raw was the night before this tag team match. Now, while speaking on The Observer, Meltzer noted that Joe Drop... It's just one of many names from the UK dealing with visa issues. And that's why WWE hasn't used her. Blair Davenport of NXT. Tyler Bate of NXT. Gallus of NXT are all dealing with this issue. Yeah, it's visa, says Dave Meltzer. They went and went back over for visa situations. They got to get the visas taken care of. So there's a lot of people, a lot of Gallus, Tyler Bate. I don't know that all of them fall into this category. Piper Niven's been gone is another one. Joe Drop. What's her name? Blair Davenport. What's her name? The former Beat Priestley. Uh, yeah, a lot of them. That's basically the situation with a lot of them. Uh, and that is just getting the visa stuff worked out. I'm wondering where Tyler Bate went, man. Tyler Bate's ready for the fucking main roster, if you ask me. Seriously. Anyway. Does anybody give a fuck that Dodrop is missing? Uh, yes, because Dodrop, her, her missing in action is, uh, is, oh my God, the women's division is fucking slumbering. It's so awful without Dodrop in the women's division. Said nobody ever. Give me a break. NXT News and Notes. Some people in AAA believe that Dragon Lee joining WWE was actually a joke. Not meaning, you know, they thought it was a bad career move, which I'm assuming they felt anyway. They thought it was a ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. Yeah, man, that's a great joke. Are you serious? Yeah. They thought it was a joke. WWE signed him in late December. Dragon Lee got over with AEW fans when he was part of the uh, faction of Roosh and whatever the fuck was going on there, right? And Andrade El Idolo. He announced he was signed with WWE after he and Dralistico, his brother, beat FTR to win the AAA Tag Team titles at the AAA uh, events in Acapulco. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer, Dave Meltzer reported that those in AAA believed 
that Dragon Lee making his way to WWE was a joke and not real at all. Meltzer wrote the announcers, as well as a lot of fans and media, believe that Dragon Lee going to WWE and the story was a joke since their version of April Fool's Day was the day of the show. That's why they no-sold his interview talking about going to WWE after winning the titles, end quote. Now, this is the Vince McMahon effect. This is exactly what I had thought about when I read this story. This was the Vince McMahon effect. This is the Vince McMahon effect. Vince McMahon has sullied the WWE name and has given the WWE such a terrible reputation that when guys like this want to go over there and do end up over there, people are like, <laughs> are, you, are you joking me? No, no, I'm not joking. I'm going to WWE. I'm going to NXT. Because people like this have ultimately failed in the WWE. And rightfully so, because Vince pushing somebody with a lucha mask is not really ideal. Anybody... Any luchador, and, and, you know, I had people on TikTok and I had people in my comments section on YouTube shorts. You know, I, I posed the question, Jesse and I posed the question a couple of weeks ago. Who in WWE as a luchador under a mask has been successful outside of Raymond? I had people telling me Kalisto and Lindsay Dorado and Grand Metallic and Sin Cara. People were like, oh, well, uh, mankind had a mask. People were like, what about Glenn Jacobs, JD? He was the Monster Kane luchador. I'm not saying, I'm not asking for people who wore a mask. If that's the case, why don't we just go out there and name the Patriot? Why don't we name Mr. America Hulk Hogan? There's not one single luchador in WWE of the modern era outside of Rey Mysterio that has found any success. So the fact of the matter is, if you think Dragon Lee is going to bode any differently or fare any differently, I don't know what the fuck you are smoking, but Jesus fucking Christ, pass me that motherfucker and serve me a cold beverage on ice. Because I don't know what the fuck you're smoking. Now, is it possible that it's different under Triple H? Absolutely. But we don't know if Triple H is going to be in charge in a couple of months. WWE is bringing in Dragon Lee at a time right now where there's so much uncertainty. Vince McMahon looks at him. He's going to end up thinking, did Ray get demoted to NXT? Who is this guy? Goodbye. This guy picked the wrong fucking time to join NXT. And again, believe me, Vince will be back in charge. WWE is also interested in bringing back Ezra Judge. He was formerly known as Ezra Judge. That's EJ Duca or Naduka, six foot five, former college football player and bodybuilder who was on NXT before they ultimately fired him for budget cut reasons. This is when Vince McMahon was back in charge during the pandemic era. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that WWE has expressed interest and signing him as his MLW deal is expiring soon. EJ Naduka, who has gotten rave reviews from management here, has his contract coming due imminently, and there is interest in him from multiple promotions, including WWE having expressed some interest in bringing him back. AEW and promotions in Japan have also reportedly shown interest in Naduka. Naduka signed with WWE in 2018, where he only wrestled a few matches 
on the house show circuit before his release in May 2021. He currently holds the MLW World Tag Team Championships alongside Calvin Tankman. So, I know a lot of you guys don't know who he is. I don't really know who he is. I'm not familiar with his work in MLW, but, I mean, just based off what he looks like, I don't know why he got fired in the first place. Because if you look at him and you go Google him, you look at him and wonder, how the fuck did they get rid of this guy? This guy is absolutely Vince McMahon's wet dream. I don't know how they fired him. Maybe they fired him because they figured he wasn't coming along. I don't know. But apparently he's made a good name in MLW to a point where Triple H and NXT now want him back. And apparently, apparently I did read tonight that he whatever tag team championships he was holding, he lost these tag team championships, which will air at a later date because he probably has signed with WWE. So we'll see what happens. But WWE wants to bring him back. Uh, again, I don't know who he is. Or I'm not familiar with his work, but it is what it is. He looks fucking great. So uh, whatever they are thinking about, they clearly want him back on NXT. AEW, they want to push Kanosuke Takeshita as a top act in the company. He remains signed to DDT in Japan. He is a fully-fledged AEW roster member in AEW. So he's working both DDT and AEW. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that AEW is looking to make him a top star down the line. Now, I know that they have Don Callis kind of scouting him uh, on AEW television. And Meltzer wrote, and I quote, although he's not being featured on television right now, and when he is, there is, you know, a situation where he goes into every one of these, uh, of these matches. He, he wrestles and he loses, right? He's got great matches, but ultimately he just loses every match. There are significant plans, though, for him to be pushed as a top-tier guy. Obviously, the Don Callis scouting storyline looks to be a catalyst in some form. Takeshita is wrestling Brian Danielson on Wednesday's Dynamite, and I can't even begin to stress to you that if you're not watching that match, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Take my motherfucking Ridge wallet, bitch. Seriously. That will be the banger of all bangers. Uh you're not going to hear a fucking peep out of me until the match is over. Can't wait. Can't wait. I said this for months. Said this with Jesse not too long ago, actually. Takeshita, if he's going to be a top guy, he needs to start winning matches. Clearly, he's not beating Brian. So after this Brian match, he needs to start winning matches. Secondly, having him win the All-Atlantic Championship, that's the guy you want with the All-Atlantic Championship. His matches, his work ethic is going to get that title to where it needs to be. He is fucking great. I have no problem with him being pushed as a top-tier fucking guy. Banger on Wednesday. Mark my words. The Young Bucks, they are looking for new AEW contracts. On October 7, 2019, on an episode of Being the Elite, the contracts were described as four-year deals. And no other details were provided. Fightful Select have heard from several sources in AEW that the Young Bucks have been discussing new contracts with the company that would keep them around for pretty much the duration of their career. But as now, as of right now, we don't have any details on terms or if a deal has been reached. Fightful has reached out to AEW officials for more, but have not heard back. While speaking on Wrestling Observer Radio, Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer provided an update on the situation. Brian Alvarez says, well, the story was that they were in the middle of negotiations or this and that's, I would not say there is absolutely nothing to that, but 
They're not really in negotiations right now. Meltzer says, yeah, their contract is up at the end of the year, and AEW does want to lock them in. Brian Alvarez then goes on to say, it's acknowledged that at some point they should be negotiating, but that's literally where it's at right now. It's an acknowledgement that they should be negotiating at some point. Meltzer added that AEW wants to sign them to a new multi-year deal. They're not going anywhere. Tony Khan is not losing the elite. Whatever the fuck they want, they're going to end up getting. They are the face of the company, and business needs to be done. CM Punk will be back in 2023. The elite and Punk will work together, and AEW will have its best creative year ever. That's my prediction for AEW. They're not going anywhere. That's all I got for you guys. Two and a half hours of glorious podcast, man. Holy shit, what a banger of a fucking show to begin 2023, huh? Oh, my goodness. Thank you guys very much for hanging out with me on your Sunday nights, man. We reached about 2,900 live tonight. Thank you so much, man. Hit that thumbs up. We broke the minimum of 1,000. We're at 1,300. Can we get to 1,500 likes minimum? That's the new goal. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. And memberships are open. Get them on in. Become a VIP right here on Off The Script. I made it easy for you, man. Not only is it in the description, but I linked it in the live stream chat right at the top. Click that link, become a VIP. We're doing big things in 2023. Tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Magic Spoon. Magic Spoon is cereal reinvented. My favorite cereal is back on board with OTS. It is wholesome, it is simple. It is high quality like this podcast. Magic Spoon is great for a low-carb lifestyle slash diets and those who are carb conscious. Magic Spoon has four to five net carbs per serving. And I love it, man. It is so delicious. The Honey Nut has one gram of sugar Zero grams of sugar, otherwise 13 to 14 grams of protein. And they even have cereal bars, man. I love the cereal bars. One gram of sugar, 10 grams of protein, four net grams of carbs, and only 130 calories per bar. Keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free. That's what I'm talking about, man. You can build your very own box, variety box, and you can choose from some of the best-selling flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, Peanut butter, cookies and cream, which is my favorite, and maple waffle, plus other awesome flavors, including honey nut, blueberry muffin, and cinnamon roll. You can even add the cookies and cream and cocoa peanut butter flavored cereal bars to your variety box, man. That's what I call variety. Love it. You know, growing up, man, I used to sit down and I was forced to eat, you know, store-bought cereal that's you know, it, it tasted great, but it was artificial. It was full of sugar, right? We were young. We didn't really know any better, but the taste was great. The one thing you remember about the cereals of old during your childhood is that it tastes great. 
Magic Spoon has somehow captivated that uh, and, and just infused all of that, that nostalgia, that, that simplicity, right? And have packed it into a box that is actually healthy for you. Everything that you remember as far as the taste, Magic Spoon has somehow captured that and has made cereal and breakfast fun again. I love it. Start your new year off right, man, with Magic Spoon. Click the link down in the description under the sponsored section. Or you could use my code SCRIPT for $5 off your very own variety box and choose from Magic Spoon's best-selling flavors, like I just mentioned. Magic Spoon is also so confident in their product, it's backed by a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. So click the link down below or use code SCRIPT. For $5 off, magicspoon.com slash script for $5 off today. Also for my Canadian and British fans, Magic Spoon also ships to Canada and the United Kingdom. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Love Magic Spoon and happy to have them on board this month for Off the Script. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. Raymond Jimenez with a new membership. Raymond, what the fuck are you drinking, brother? Also, uh, shout out to my boy, Dr. Evil Genius. Uh, I know he's been texting me, bro. What's up, man? My boy, Dr. Evil Genius is uh, a little under the weather, man. He had uh, a little bout with COVID. Well, he has a little bout with COVID. He's got what Jesse's got. Jesse is now COVID-free, so hopefully... Genius is uh, going to be on the men quicker. So uh, thoughts and well wishes to him and that household, man. They've taken care of me greatly. Raymond, what the fuck are you drinking, brother? William Sanchez with a $10 super chat. I won't be surprised if Vince is in full control of Creative by WrestleMania. His ego will never let Triple H book his biggest show all year. I hope Triple H will still be involved in some way, though. He won't. He won't. Triple H will not be involved. Cody Snyder with a $10 super chat. I hope I don't get investigated for this, but I'm surprised someone hasn't tried to assassinate Vince. People are crazy, especially pro wrestling fans. Jesse beat COVID. And so will Genius. Uh, wrestling fans are crazy, uh, Cody. Absolutely. Tenario with a $5 super chat. What's up, JD? Question. What is your favorite Royal Rumble Final Four or two that you thought was unpredictable? Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker is my favorite final two of all time. Michael Evans with a seven-month VIP membership. JD, I just feel deflated with Vince returning. I know you had fun in Tennessee, and I turned to BC over the weekend. You guys need to do a show together. Hashtag epic. Bro, if there's one guy in the community that I would do a show with, it would be BC. 
Tenorio, one, two, eight with a $5 super chat. I hope Mercedes does what guys like Cody and John Moxley did, and that's prove critics wrong. Absolutely. She's going to prove everybody wrong. Let's just give her some time. She's only been back for a week. Big Wheezy becomes a new member. What is up, brother? New membership by Big Wheezy. What the fuck are you drinking, Big Wheezy? Brandon Jefferson with six months. Vince, gotta go. This will not end well. Hopefully he sells and gets out. It ain't gonna be that easy, Brandon. He's gonna sell and then he's gonna make sure he is ultimate power. That's what's going to happen. Michelle Moran with $2. Vince is back and it has me worried for our road to WrestleMania. Everybody's worried, Michelle. And if you're not worried, I think everybody needs to start worrying. Tenorio. With a $5 super chat. JD, can I get a Charlotte Android promo? Thank you for the $5 super chat. Scenario 128-004. Thank you, Tenario. Appreciate you, brother. Eugene Morgan with a $10 super chat. JD, what did you think about Fear Factory in the 1990s? One of my favorite childhood rock bands. And rest in peace to Triple H's Creative Control. It was nice while it lasted. Bro, one of my favorite albums of all time is Obsolete by Fear Factory. Big, big band in high school for me. My favorite Fear Factory album of all time? You know, a lot of people are going to say Obsolete. A lot of people are going to say Demanufacture. I honestly think that Mechanize is their best album. Such a great fucking album. I'm actually going to Atlantic City on uh, on Tuesday, man. I think I may be blasting some Fear Factory in the Stang. Paul David with a $5 Super Chat. Who do you want to see in Super Bowl 57? Paul David, I don't give a fuck. Just hand me a cold beer and leave me the fuck alone. Joseph Taylor with a $7 Super Chat. JD, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view has been a pay-per-view for almost 15 years. Elimination Chamber has been a pay-per-view for almost 13 years. Thank you, Joseph Taylor, for the uh, information. I had no idea. So what you're saying, Joseph, is that Money in the Bank should be moved to WrestleMania. Nick Williams with a $5 Super Chat. Triple H is Optimus Prime and Vince McMahon is Galvatron. Bruce is Starscream and Johnny Gargano is Bumblebee. Why are, we, why are we disrespecting Transformers by having Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard play the role of Transformers that I, act, that I love? Starscream is my favorite Transformer. Nick motherfucking Williams, man. Thank you for the $5 Super Chat. You know who I want to see? You know, I'm going to go back to that question. Who do I want to see in the Super Bowl? Paul David, Jacksonville. I hope Jacksonville wins the Super Bowl because I would love to see Triple H have to send a WWE replica title belt to Tony Khan. Now, would he is the question. Would Vince, would, would WWE, would Triple H 
send a replica WWE Super Bowl title to Tony Khan. Now that's an interesting situation. Not today, Jay, with a $4.99. I really hope if WWE is bought by another entity, I really hope Nick Constantine and Ben and Paul stay as the management team. I would hope so. I would certainly hope so, man. Cam G, thank you once again, brother, for the $100 super chat. Appreciate you greatly, Cam G. Jay Warren with a 199 Super Chat. Thank you for the clear breakdown of Vince McMahon coming back. Thank you, Jay Warren. That's uh, that's something I couldn't wait to get back home to do, brother. Glad you enjoyed it. Bradley Robinette with a 199. I called into Busted Open today about it. They liked me. That's good for you, Bradley. I don't have Sirius, so I don't listen to Busted Open. Um... Gomez with a 9.99. As a wrestling fan, WWE sales worries me. I feel like whoever ends up buying it within three, two to three years will replace someone in charge with zero knowledge of the wrestling business, WCW style. Listen, Tony Khan could absolutely make an offer for WWE. And you know what? WWE is going to have to listen. I don't know how much the Khan family is worth, but WWE is going to sell for more than what the Khan family is worth, unfortunately. My boy, Dr. Evil Genius, with two months, been banished to my living room with the Rona. Spent most of the day watching WWE events from 1999. So good. Uh, yeah, bro, I got your texts earlier, man. I was on the plane. Legitimately, I got off the plane, got in an Uber, fell asleep on the plane, Got in an Uber, got home, unpacked, set this show up, and took a nap for about four hours. The one called Sash with five months. And I'd ask Genius what he's drinking, but Genius drinks cold beverages, but he's the kind of guy that adds ice cream to his protein shake. And then drinks it in front of me while I have to do cardio. This is why I hired him as my personal trainer. It's what gets the blood flowing. Sash with a five months. Thank you, brother. If WWE sold Triple H, might be out of a job. This depends on what kind of deal can be made if they allow McMahon family, the McMahon family, to allow them to stay and run it. Everything I lined, everything I had lined up in this podcast, Sash, is exactly how I feel it's going to happen. McMahon is negotiating because he will want to remain in control, and he wants to negotiate that with whomever. It's it's so terrible. It, it is so terrible. Miles Marable with a four months. Death, taxes, and OTS for life. Thank you, Miles. Appreciate you, brother. Killer Swag, 216, five months. So Vinny Mac returns, huh? Sheesh, I'm glad I stayed away from WWE OTS for life. Killer Swag, what are you drinking, brother? 
Jedi Joker with a $2 Super Chat. Who the hell beat my high score in Android Attack? I don't know, bro. Uh, listen, I don't know. Who has the high score in Android Attack in the venue? That's what I want to know. Lewan with a $4.99. So many wrestlers have left the company because of Vince, Stone Cold, CM Punk, Bret Hart, Sasha Banks. He is a real cancer. He is. Absolutely is. Soundwave, 80s, $9.99, Super Chat. If we see anything that goes on with Raw and SmackDown the way it was before Vince retired, then we know for sure that Vince is back in creative control. And you know what, Soundwave? It's not going to be that difficult to find out when that happens and see it when it happens, man. We all know too well. JLD with five months in the VIP club. AJD and OTS family. Very much looking forward to a new year with the best podcast in the IWC. Keep up the amazing work, bro. Thank you, JLD. I appreciate you, brother. Nick. Williams with a $5 super chat. Last one. Let's say WWE doesn't make a sale. What happens then? Where does Vince go? Does Triple H call Austin to haul Vince out of WWE headquarters? I don't know, Nick. That's a good question. But the thing is, if WWE is setting themselves up for sale, I do think that inevitably it will be sold. When it happens, that's the real determination on where Vince... Vince is going to pretty much be. Wool Hat Demon with a $5 Super Chat. Who is the top five roster members that will get fired when Vince gets full power? I don't know, Wool Hat, but it starts with Triple H. Goodbye. Cue the content guy with a 9.99. If Naomi comes back, she should win the title from Charlotte at WrestleMania. They had a great match. We don't need any more Ronda versus Charlotte or Ronda versus anybody else. I agree. Cruzet Don with a new membership. Thank you, Cruzet. I appreciate you, brother. Not today, Jay, with a 4.99. JD, I want you to make a promise. If Vince, if and when Vince takes creative, promise us you will stop covering WWE shows. Uh, I will not make that promise. Uh, I will. I will actually have more anger than ever before. More anger than ever before, Jay. Why would I give up covering WWE? You got to be out of your fucking mind. Matt, the PW fan, with a five-dollar super chat. Imagine if the Jacksonville Jaguars were to win the Super Bowl. Triple H would have to send TK a WWE Championship. That would be hilarious. I can't wait. I would love to see that happen. The Three Kings with a 999. Any employee that has an uncomfortable story about Vince McMahon that has been swept under the rug should speak up now. We need a Hail Mary or buzzer beater before the damage is done. I absolutely agree. Where is everybody? Surge T Channel with two months. What's up, JD? I got my tickets to Battle in the Valley in San Jose to see Mercedes Monet versus Kyrie for the New Japan Women's Championship. I can't wait. Enjoy the show, brother. Should be a great match. 
The only thing is, I would watch that show, but it's the same night and the same time as Elimination Chamber. I don't get it. Three Kings with the five months. Thank you for bringing us the facts, J.D. Looking forward to more of Fox covering your tweets. Jade is 47. Or is she 48 and one now? She 48 wins or 49 wins? 48 and one, says Three Kings. Absolutely. Yeah, Jesse's correct. Ashley Masaro can't speak up. Son Jeremy with a new membership. Thank you, son. What are you drinking, my son? Soundwave 199. Have you ever watched Alf back in the 80s? Yes, I have. I watched Alf. I watched The Wonder Years. I watched The Brady Bunch. I watched them all, bro. Harry the Hen- Harry and the Hendersons. My favorite shows of all time are Seinfeld, Married with Children, and Third Rock from the Sun. Son Jeremy with a 499 Super Chat. JD, what's up, my guy? I'm a new member as of tonight. I just got to know, did you ever listen to the band Bad Religion back in your day? Son Jeremy, no, I did not, bro. I was not a bad religion type of guy. At all. Grimsley with a $5 Super Chat. Maybe Sheeta gets pissed and forces her way into the tag match to show how great she is. She needs a partner, so maybe Mercedes triple threat tag. No. No, thank you. Surge with a $10 super chat. Vince McMahon's initial stand for Vince killing momentum. I like it. Fresh Prince is another one of my favorite shows for sure. Absolutely. Family Matters as well. Boy Meets World is another one. DGK Dog with a 1999 Super Chat. I'm on board with Bianca versus Rhea at WrestleMania, but I'm scared they might have Bianca lose her title before WrestleMania to end up challenging Charlotte. If that happens, I think we may get Rhea versus Becky instead. That would be awful. Why would you take a title off of one to only put her in a title match against Charlotte? So fucking stupid. Golden Boy with a $5 Super Chat. I've been, uh, or I've seen, rather, a report today, Ric Flair, that he made up with Triple H over the man situation. He's back in. We will be seeing him a lot and maybe at the Rumble. Any truth, JD? Uh, No, WWE's not going to allow Ric Flair to wrestle. Why would he ever be back on television is my question. There's nothing for Ric Flair to do on television. Now, if Andrade ends up joining the WWE, I could see Andrade being managed by Ric Flair. But other than that, no. Ham Sand, 210 with a $5 super chat. I bet Omas and Austin Theory are happy Vince McMahon is back. I especially bet that damn beaver Kevin Dunn is happy as well. We are all doomed. Michael Evans with a $5 Super Chat. Another banger, JD. I pray for us all with Vince coming back. I was really enjoying both AEW and WWE, but now I'm just thankful for AEW. 
Eddie Hazard with 16 months. Thank you, brother. It won't happen, but imagine the Fed being put up for sale and Tony Khan swooping in for the kill. Fuck Vince McMahon. OTS for life. I don't think... Tony Khan will make an offer, but Tony Khan is not going to buy the company. Cody. The $5 super chat. TK buying the E. No. MGM Bolin with a $9.99. Just bought a case of peanut butter magic spoon with your code. Never been so excited to try a new cereal. I guess this is what it comes to when Vince is about to ruin wrestling again. Man, just just overload on cereal, bro. As long as you're as, as long as it's healthy. Dr. Evil Genius with a $4.99. Would Magic Spoon refund my money if Vince takes over creative? Uh no. No, they will not. And if you want Magic Spoon cereal, bro, I can bring you over. Am I coming tomorrow? Am I showing up? Tomorrow is what I need to know. I could bring you some magic spoon if so. Anthony Olivares with a $2 super chat. Hey, yo. Hey, yo, Anthony. What are you drinking, brother? Joseph Taylor with a $5 super chat. JD, you do realize if Tony Khan buys WWE, he would put it out of business. No, he would not. WWE is never going out of business, bro. Jericho, 8131 with a $10 Super Chat. This thing with Vince ends with him either being thrown in prison or croaking. Vince is known for saying no one is above WWE. I guess that applies to everyone except him. I fear for the future. All right, listen, bro. The the best end result would be Vince in jail. Absolutely. Bradley Robinette with a 199. Fuck Vince McMahon. This pisses me off. I am worried. Ty Sloan with a 199. Are you a fan of God of War Ragnarok? I haven't played it. All I heard was people complain about it. It was too uh too puzzle forward, so I didn't buy it. Lena Scorpio with five months. Happy New Year. Five months OTS. Happy to see Mercedes back. Ready to see her in the Battle of the Valley match next month. Make more game-changing history. Absolutely. We got MGM Bolin with a 199. He says, can I please get a shit with a Canadian $2 super chat. Vince, you reached your peak long ago. Get out. Jedi Joker with a $5 super chat. JD, I found out who beat my high score. It was Golden Boy, but I got my high score back. Ah, okay. Okay. What type of games should we have in my mother's basement, bro? I don't know, man. I'm going for a more uh, elegant vibe. 
I will see. I don't know. Uh, Jesse, no, I hit that. I, I hit that one by accident, bro. I can't play that song anymore. I make a copyright strike. Francisco with a two dollar super chat. Budweiser, please. Francisco, brother, listen, man. I don't serve Budweiser here. This is a classy, classy establishment, bro. We don't sell. We don't sell piss-flavored beer, okay? Yeah, bro, that song's no good no more. I'm not even taking a chance with it, man. Miggy Saito with a 125 in his currency. Super chat. Didn't know Vince is back. Should I stop watching WWE? Uh, No, Miggy, continue watching. I will let you know when to stop. No, the Onlap Warriors is still good. The uh, Solence Warriors is no good no more. Golden Boy with a $5 super chat. Hey, Jedi Joker, you might have beaten my high score in Android Attack, but I'm bringing the Android Queen tomorrow, and she knows all the cheats. Uh Uh-oh. You got all the cheats, bro. Listen, man, we're not uh, we're not a hacker hunter over here, man. So if anybody's cheating, nobody's gonna find out. Wes with the new membership. Thank you, brother. What are you drinking, Wes? Hopefully it's not a Budweiser. Francisco, we're gonna have to work on your beer, bro. And Francisco with the five dollar super chat. Speak of the devil. If Vince was arrested, I bet he would still run creative from prison. Bro, Vince's ghost is going to haunt WWE forever, and his fucking spirit is going to run creative. Ham Sand becomes a new member. Thank you, brother. What the fuck are you drinking, Ham Sand? 210. Unbelievable, man. Thank you guys so much for the love. We're about to get the fuck out of here, man. Jedi Joker, $2 Super Chat. Is Doc still DMCA free? Yes. Yes, I could play Doc whenever I want, man. Those songs are okay, but... You know, there are songs I have uh, compiled in, uh, I got this YouTube music beta, creator beta. Like, there are legit songs that I personally love that are legit bands that I could use, but I don't really feel the need to uh, have my revenue cut in half just because I want to play one song to entertain everybody inside the venue, you know? So we uh, we got to take that with uh, a, a very special kind of vibe, you know? When it really is going to have the most impact. So you're stuck with the songs you're stuck with now because they're good to go. Anyway, guys, I am about to get out of here, man. I appreciate all of your supports. We did uh, a great job tonight. Three hours in the venue. Loved every bit of it. We got a great start to the podcast this year. Unbelievable show. 3,000 large in the venue. I appreciate you guys very much. For all your support right here on OTS. Make sure you guys follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That is Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We need uh, 90 more likes for 1,500. Can we get 1,500 likes? Make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel. And please, magicspoon.com slash script. Go get yourself some fucking cereal, will you? 
hit that subscribe button down below, turn on the bell for notifications, and make sure you guys tune in tomorrow night. We will be live after Monday Night Raw right here on OTS. Guys, I want to see those ace emojis in the chat. I want to see those Mustang emojis in the chat. And I want to see you guys turn that music up to max. I will see you back on Monday night right here on Off The Script for Monday Night Raw from the venue. I'll see you guys later. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.